It is a Tuesday. Welcome in to True Crime Tuesday. We are here. We're just waiting for Kirk Cousins to get on the waiver wire for the Minnesota Vikings leader. Uh, We're not going to talk about that today, however. We have a combination show for you today. Uh, Of course, it's the weekend after Michigan Paracon. It's the weekend after a huge AML wrestling show. Uh, So we are doing ripped from the headlines and dumb crimes stupid criminals that's what we're doing today combo platter we bring in the best in the business folks we bring in the co-host with the most we bring in the bcb the big cuddly bear himself beer city bruiser bruiser how you doing I'm doing fantastic. I love combo platters. They're so delicious. Oh, I do too. It's generally the best of the best. You put it together, it's savory, it's sweet, it's got a tang to it. It's really good. I remember being a kid when McDonald's first came out with combos. My kids always questioned me. They're like, wait, they never, they didn't always have combos? No. 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 You always had to order things separately. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal when they did the combos. Remember right when they came out with the combos, you could supersize. Oh, that was a big deal. (laughs) And now it's like, oh no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a large combo and you have to go for the large combo but supersize that was the thing and people were like oh america the land of the supersize then it was a bad thing then they shamed us yeah they shamed us a lot which is funny because if you go back in history the larger you were the more it showed how wealthy you were that's right kings and queens were huge yeah look at your look at the king you always talk about king louis yeah king louis he was huge he was a big man yes yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm going to say because I don't want to get you fired up this soon. <laughs> You're going to get me fired up during the show today, I guarantee you, because there's one story out of Kentucky and ah, that yes. city. So um, King Louis area, right? <laughs> yes, King Louis area. So, yeah, you may you may get me fired up yet. As you can hear, the voice is a little lower today. Um, and Michigan Paracon was very good. We'll, we'll get into it tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into our weekends a little bit more tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, that, it's uh, some some very good uh, weekends we both had this weekend. Yeah, we did, we did. Yeah, very good weekends. In after of, after pretty bad weeks too. <laughs> yeah, after bad weeks. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a it was a week filled with tragedy. So we'll we'll talk about this uh, tomorrow as well because uh, we're gonna we're gonna review all that uh, during Supernatural News. By the way, Bruiser, even though I only called you once with a with a listener request because he came up and he was adamant to talk to you, <laughs> um, he's like, I want to talk to Bruiser. He was so thrilled, by the way, to see Ziggy. Oh yeah, yes, and he said Ziggy doesn't look anything like I thought he or she would. Yeah, I, I have to tell you this first of all before we start. Uh, the listener that talked to you thought Ziggy was a. Dog that had long, flowing, curly blonde hair. <laughs> she is not. No, 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 no. So she I thought a, that, a brindle coat and looks like a tiger. <laughs> there you go. So I, I just had to throw that in there with you for you uh, while we were on the air. Um, it, it was funny too because after we got off, Mrs. Bruiser was working from home because she uh, she's able to do that, and uh, we had some car issues. So we had to get the car fixed and stuff like that, and. Uh, I told her that you were going to be doing that, and we did it. And, and she goes, did the listener want to talk to Ziggy? I said, yeah, why? She goes, come on. <laughs> Ziggy's butt's going all crazy. <laughs> She's like, what is going on? I'm like, hey. <laughs> Ziggy's uh, famous. The, the pup's over. <laughs> That's right. The you pup's know? over. When the pup's over, the pup's got to get her attention. Exactly. She's got to get yeah. her flowers while she can, right? 
That's that's. She's a good. Puppy. She is a good puppy. Talia's the uh, demon. Yes, yes. <laughs> Talia's the demon. Yeah, now, she's in, sixteen pounds of horror. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Mrs. Bruiser's not going to demand equal time the next time we do that. No, you don't think so. I, I think so. You know what's going to happen is the two of us now are going to do the convention circuit. Yeah, and she's going to demand a a uh, a FaceTime with Talia. <laughs> probably if someone asks to see ziggy and we yeah. we happen to facetime and get ziggy on the line she's going to demand equal time italia probably you know it's going to happen oh yeah yeah i'm just saying yeah Italia's yeah. a, a demon dog <laughs> seriously she is 16 pounds but acts like she's 300 mm -hmm. well, that'll happen yeah we, we all have our personalities versus <laughs> she's Top bitch in this house. <laughs> 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 oh, she gets all puffed up, and I, I always tell her it's her jacked up steroid look. She's got the broad shoulders, so she'll hunch herself up, and I'll be like, "Calm down, there, shooter." <laughs> <laughs> shooter. <laughs> Even the mailman are not going to war right now. <laughs> That's right. Mailman doesn't want to fight. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've always, I've told the story about Tank. The groundhog mm -hmm. we have here who comes up now, and at least once a week, he'll knock on the front door to say hi to Ziggy. Aw. And so Ziggy will get all excited, and then he'll run to the back door, so Ziggy will run back there. Well, Talia now doesn't want anybody at her front door Ooh. or our back door. Uh -oh. So when Tank comes up, she will get right up to the glass, growling. And Ooh. he thinks Tank must think it's like Ziggy, like, oh, play. <laughs> you know, right, and she right. starts barking. It's like, oh, no, he runs away. Aww. And now we have salamanders that like to live on our on our porch. And, and she starts going after them. And the other day, Mrs. Bruiser went to take her outside, and, and she had her on a leash, and she just jumped off our stairs. Whoa. And this loud yipping sound, you hear Mrs. Bruiser go, no, and grab her. She was inches away from grabbing a salamander. Whoa. <laughs> She's like, this is my porch. I'm going to F you up. <laughs> wow. Well, I hear they're tasty. I, I guess. Yeah. Kind of like escargot, but not really. Yeah. Talia's is not having it, though. This is our yard. Her yard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're 16 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Your dump weighs more than you. Chill out. <laughs> Your dumb place more than you. <laughs> I love how you like to try and keep her humble. That's I do. That's I do. Nice. That's nice. When they get out of line, I'll throw on the ASPCA commercials. You're like, that could be you. <laughs> no, you're here. Look at that could be you. <laughs> oh, I love it. I know there's some <laughs> listeners right now going, what? <laughs> you just whistle in the arms of an angel to her. <laughs> My dogs are the only ones that they hear arms of the angel. They both sit down and want to shake your hand like, okay, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Hey, hey, you don't need to get so serious on us, pal. It's okay. <laughs> we're all right. Kids are all right. All right. <laughs> you think Sarah McLaughlin is like a serial killer to most most oh, dogs? Got to be. <laughs> oh boy, we are so way off topic. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with any crimes or anything. <laughs> well, it is to most dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That. That's yeah. true. <laughs> that's like nightmare fuel for puppies. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's like hearing the Halloween theme to us. 
<laughs> tell you your arms of an angel and every puppy in the world just sits down like we're good we promise we're obedient that's like seeing michael myers coming around the corner <laughs> just saying uh on today's show folks uh three letters speaking of scary btk that's coming up in on today's show with uh rip from the headlines also we'll talk about uh, a story sent to us from a listener a guard was released after being held hostage by a prisoner oh yeah that's not good yeah we'll talk about that as well uh louisiana man was arrested for allegedly allegedly killing woman and keeping her body in a car with him for a month a whole um, month. That's yes. Smell. You would not only smell, but talk about not being able to let go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the relationship's over. Let's let's let that lie. And uh, also in today's rip from the headlines, some of us love our step parents. Some of us don't. <laughs> we'll talk about exactly how much one man does not love his stepmother. That uh, that coming up in today's rip, rip from the headlines. Of course, we have dumb crime, stupid criminals coming up as well today. So uh, let's start out with three letters that everybody fears. And of course, there's more to the story, believe it or not, Bruiser. Okay. Uh, serial killer BTK is named as a prime suspect in unsolved missing persons and murder cases. Yes, more of them. A serial killer already serving 10 life sentences in prison is now the prime suspect in unsolved missing persons and murder cases in other states, the authorities have announced this week. According to an August 23rd statement, the Osage County Sheriff's Office conducted a search at Dennis Rader's former home in Park City, Kansas, in the hopes of finding items of evidentiary value based on specific leads that the OCSO had received. The statement said officials were looking for evidence relating to the 1976 disappearance of Cynthia Don Kinney, from Bahuska, Oklahoma, the Osage County Sheriff's Office said there are potential connections to other missing person cases and unsolved murders in the Kansas and Missouri areas that they believe are connected to Raider. Raider was sentenced in 2005 after pleading guilty to killing 10 people between 1974 and 1991, that according to NBC News. Raider dubbed himself BTK, which is an acronym for Bind, Torture, Kill. The Osage County Sheriff's Office said they recovered items of interest at the site of Raider's former home, which will undergo thorough examination to determine their potential relevance to the ongoing investigations. Osage County Sheriff Eddie Verdon told KSNW-TV that Raider previously informed law enforcement office officers that he had some trophies, souvenirs, and some victims' driver's licenses hidden in this location that weren't found. Really? In their initial search, they didn't find them, huh? Yeah. And he was notorious for, once he was caught, he kind of sang like a canary because he got to relive all the, that. That's the crazy thing about these psychos is they relive the murder. So if you listen to the court where he, his, he never really confessed in a interrogation scenario. He confessed in court. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, Go back and, and watch the video. You can see the enjoyment coming over his face as he's reliving these murders. Which is inc incredibly scary. It is. Yeah. And and he, he has been known to say, yeah, I have trophies. So if there's more, you know what he's been doing is he's probably been waiting until the, the heat dies down on him and his name stops going in headlines. And now he's releasing it 
to right. get back in the headline because that's what he yeah. always wanted. Remember, he used to write to the police when they said, "Oh, he's he's gone." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He got caught because he sent in a flash drive, you know, and they just reverse searched the flash drive, and that's how they caught him. But it's like the guy he's not he's a narcissist, so of course, yes. yeah. Yeah, and, and you're right. The the attention's dying down, so now he's going to bring it back up, yep. and he's going to put himself back in the headlines. Which could be good for the families of the missing, because they'll get an answer as to where their loved ones are. Yes, yeah. It's just sad that he gets to revel in it and have his own insane, gross, evil joy out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, investigators reportedly conducted searches in two locations here at Bruiser. And in the first spot, uncovered evidence that was buried about 14 to 16 inches underground, including an apparent time capsule that he kept. Uh, they also discovered a pantyhose ligature that would be consistent to looking like the age and being what was what he notorious was notorious for using. Uh, on Thursday, August 24th, the Osage County Sheriff's Office shared a photo from one of Raiders journal entries from 1976, which he titled PJ Bad Wash Day. According to the sheriff's office, PJ stands for project. He mentions calling a brunette the target and that he would watch the nearby laundromat for possible victims. Uh, Raider said that the laundromat was a good place to watch victims and dream. Yep. He used to stalk them. And, he, and that's the thing is that's how he'd separate himself from being, from them being human. He'd call them projects. That's insane. And that's how in his brain calling them a project. And it was his mission and his target. He separated them so they're no longer human to him. He references C9, which is the sheriff's office, and said uh, is linked to Chapter 9 of Raider's unpublished book. Uh, Kinney's missing person bulletin shows she was 16 years old and last seen at a laundromat when she disappeared. The Associated Press reports investigators are also looking into whether Raider is linked to the 1990 strangulation death of 22-year-old Shauna Beth Gerber, or Garber. Rather. Uh, Garber's decomposing body, which had been hogtied, was found near an abandoned farmhouse in December of 1990 in rural Missouri, according to forensic genealogy company Othram Incorporated. An autopsy showed she had been strangled, raped, and restrained with six different types of bindings nylon and lead ropes, coaxial and telephone cables, paracord, and clothesline. That would be right with Raiders, Emma. That's right there, yep. Yeah. He had all that. She is believed to have been dead for about two months prior to the discovery of her body. The paracord was reportedly only sold to the military. Investigators sent DNA from her remains to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, or NAMIS, uh, but there wasn't a positive match in the combined DNA index system known as CODIS. Garber was initially identified as Grace Doe, which occurred when one detective said it would only, by the grace of God, be that they could find out who she was. In 2020, the McDonald Sh County Sheriff's Office contacted Othram and worked with them in hopes of positively identifying Grace Doe or at least finding a living relative by creating a DNA, or DNA profile and family tree. In January of 2021, Othram identified a potential relative who said Garber, her half-sister, was put into foster care in Kansas and then went into the state's care. The half-sister said she had been looking for Garber for almost 30 years. The relative submitted a DNA sample, and Othram positively identified Greystow as Garber in March of 2021. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, so hopefully... 
they wrap this entire thing up and find these other trophies that Raider has in his home and can get the rest of these these uh, victims that are unidentified uh, put to rest. Now, does his ex-wife still live in the home, I wonder? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Because he was, he was a married family man. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm wonder, I wonder if she still lives there. That's a good question. It's a good question. Not sure. Not yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. A North Carolina man is arrested after his missing girlfriend's body is found near a cemetery. We go to Charlotte, Bruiser. Oh, okay. Where a 51-year-old man was arrested after his girlfriend's body was found behind a cemetery over one month after she was missing or went missing. According to Charlotte Mecklenburg Police, 39-year-old Alicia Watts was last seen July 16th, leaving a home on Pamela Lorraine Drive and driving in her black Mercedes GLC 300. Police located the car two days later, but she was still nowhere to be found. The criminal complaint cited by WJZY-TV says Watts and her boyfriend, James Dunmore, were supposed to attend a comedy show at Bojangles Coliseum on July 16th. Watts also failed to show up for work after that night. She was reported missing July 19th, but on July 18th, police found Watts's car in the Anson County DMV parking lot with Dunmore inside and the victim of an apparent suicide attempt. On Thursday, August 24th, the Moore County Sheriff's Office released a statement saying Watts's case was no longer considered a missing person investigation and has transitioned into a homicide investigation. Around the same time, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office announced they believe the remains of Alicia Watts have been located. Then on Friday, August 25th, Montgomery County investigators arrested Dunmore on suspicion of murder. He's being held without bond and will appear in court today, or actually as we as we record today, which is Monday, August 28th, uh, according to WBTV TV, 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 <laughs> yep. uh, officials believe Dunmore allegedly killed Watts on July 16th. Investigators discovered her body behind the Norman Community Cemetery on Cemetery Road. Uh, WJZY also reported that Dunmore had previously been charged with assault, battery, stalking, and abduction. He even served time for third offense assault and battery in 2070, pleaded guilty to stalking. Sounds like they got their man. Well, this has been a huge case down here. Um, and I think this case got solved so quickly because her family has been making a lot of noise. They've been holding a lot of public... Um, I don't want to say protest because that's the wrong word, but uh, public um, news conferences, press conferences. Okay. And, they, and they've been demanding, we want we want answers. Where is she? What is she doing? Why is the boyfriend still walking around? Why haven't you interviewed him? What Her car was here. You know, and, and every day they've been doing something like that. And so I'm glad they found her body. I'm glad because that's what they said, too. They go, we don't – we want her alive, yes, but we want closure. We want to know – you know, what happened to her. Okay. So now I'm happy that the family would be, it's not best case scenario. Obviously you want her home and healthy and yes. happy, but yeah. yeah, at least now this family, cause you can see the passion in their eyes. Like, and they were, they held the police to the fire, you know, yeah. they were demanding answers. They were like, you're not doing your job, do your job. Right. Well, and you're right. That's not the best solution. You prefer she comes home alive, but but if they truly have her remains and and have an answer, now it's time to get justice. And I think it was on 
Wednesday of last week where they said if you know if she's dead we return her to us so we can give her a proper burial yeah yeah you know what I mean so the family wasn't joking they weren't they weren't misleading themselves like oh come home you know yeah they said hey if this is the worst case, we just want her home so we can do what's right you know whether she's alive or, or past we want to do what's right yeah. so I'm glad they're able to do that now yeah exactly I mean, obviously, there would be an autopsy and all that because they got to find the method of murder and mm-hmm. build a case against the, the boyfriend. But it sounds like a pretty solid case with this guy. It does. It does. We'll move on here. A New York City woman pleads guilty to shoving an 87-year-old Broadway vocal coach and killing her. Oh, you don't do that. No, no. I mean, that you won't get any further lessons that way. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, a woman who was arrested last year for shoving an 87-year-old Broadway vocal coach onto the ground pleaded guilty to charges relating to the elderly woman's death. On Wednesday, August 23rd, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg announced that Lauren, Paz, I believe it's Pazinza, Pazinza, I think, uh, entered the plea for one count of first-degree manslaughter for killing Barbara Gustern. Pazinza... Uh, was sentenced in September to eight years in state prison with five years of post-release supervision. Pazinza was initially charged in May of 2022 with first-degree manslaughter and second-degree assault. According to the district attorney's office, on March 10th of 2022, Pazinza was walking on West 28th Street when she crossed the street shouting obscenities at Miss Gustern and then intentionally shoved her to the ground. This woman looks absolutely lovely. Why would you do that? Why would you push an old lady? I don't know. Pazinza walked away following the attack, but remained in the area for about 20 minutes. Gustern fell on her head, which resulted in a massive hemorrhage. She was rushed to a nearby hospital where she became unconscious and put on life support. She died five days later. Following the push, Pazinza got into a physical fight with her fiance, then watched the ambulance take Gustern away. Pazinza and her fiancé rode the subway to their apartment in Astoria, Queens, and she confessed to shoving Gustern. After getting rid of her social media profiles and wedding site, she then went to Long (laughs) Island to stay with her family. (laughs) She thinks she's going to go on the run. Okay. I guess she was on the lam at that point. Uh, Pazinza later turned herself into a New York Police Department precinct, or into a New York Police Department precinct, Bragg said in a press release, Lauren Lauren Pazinza aggressively shoved Barbara Gustern to the ground and walked away as the beloved New Yorker lay there bleeding. Today's plea holds Pazinza accountable for her deadly actions. We continue to mourn the loss of Barbara Gustern, a talented musical theater performer and vocal coach who touched so many in New York and beyond. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of uh, Ms. Gustern. She's an absolutely lovely woman. Oh, yeah. Why would you push her? Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, she, don't, don't push her. No. she. That's a totally sad story. So, yeah. Well, Lauren, you got what you deserved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hope they push you around in jail. <laughs> Try not to hit the bars on your way down. Uh, <laughs> I know that's mean, but hey. You know, a little justice line. And it doesn't say why she pushed her. No, it just. She was just screaming obscenities, walked up and pushed her. Like, 
If you're, if you're her fiance, Bruiser, at that point, do you just say, you know what? Eh, maybe we should call it quits. Well, maybe that's why she took down her wedding thing. Uh, probably. He's probably thinking, God, what a bitch. Yeah, he's like, wow. What do you think that conversation's like on the subway? On the way home? <laughs> it's a long, awkward ride back. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, so you did what to her again? And just, okay, so... He pushed her. Yeah, she hit her head. Yeah, and he walked away. Yeah, this woman. Why'd you push an eighty-seven-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah, it, she's. It, what did she do to you again? She told should... me I wasn't a good singer. <laughs> she said I sound like a cat in heat. Well, let me sit down first, okay? Yeah, you're not a good singer. <laughs> let me We're get as low to the ground as possible. We're through. I'm an excellent singer. <laughs> <laughs> now she can find the acoustics in a prison cell. That's right. I hear it's good acoustics are in jail. Uh, Jody Arias was singing when she got arrested. So There you go. Hmm? Uh, let's move on. We got this story from a listener. Thank you. By the, by the way, thank you so much, folks. If you have a story for us, either for dumb crime, stupid criminals, or maybe you have a story that we can use for rip from the headlines when we do these segments, uh, send it in. Tim at Darkness Radio. Tim at DarknessRadio.com. Lady! Uh, Tim at DarknessRadio.com. I went Jerry Lewis there for, uh, for a moment. Bruiser, he forgive did. Me. It's the exhaustion from Michigan Paracon. I had too too good of a time there. Uh, Tim at DarknessRadio.com. Send, uh, send us a story, especially for dumb crimes, stupid criminals, or if you have a parashare story. By the way, we have parashare stories tomorrow. For All right. Yeah, yeah. Listeners are coming through in spades. I'll tell I you actually that. have a, let me see if I can find it. A gentleman had sent me a message um, that actually goes along with um, when you did the interview with the um, guy who, with the Charlotte serial killer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let me see. Yeah. Um, I have to go all the way up to the top. Oh, the Bad Henry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bad, yeah. The Bad Henry book. Yeah, when we get done with this this uh, story, I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you know what he said. Yeah, okay. Uh, a guard, th this from one of our listeners, guard released after being held hostage by a prisoner at the city justice center. It, it was it was uh, the message on this is it's hard living in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was meant for dumb crime, stupid criminals, but I think it fits more with ripped from the headlines. Yeah. So keep in mind, this is kind of tongue in cheek as I read this. A 70-year-old unarmed guard was held hostage by prisoners at the St. Louis City Justice Center on Tuesday morning. The situation first began to take place right around 6 a.m. A source close to the situation told KMOX News that the prisoner wanted chicken patties and pizza. Sounds like he's in third grade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Can I have my chicken patty shaped like dinosaurs too, please? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Because any good prisoner that's in third grade wants his chicken patties shaped like dinosaurs. Uh, the injured guard was released at around 8.30 a.m. Police told KMOX that the SWAT team has de-escalated the situation at around 10 a.m. Evidently, he got his dinosaur-shaped chicken patties. <laughs> With ranch. He was just really hungry. Yeah. The guard left the building in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. He entered, I think that's protocol, though. It, I, maybe. He, yeah, probably. He entered an ambulance and trans, was it transported to a hospital. The extent of his injuries are not yet clear. Oh, they beat him down for chicken patties and pizza. Yeah. 
God. Police blocked down North Tucker Boulevard from Clark Avenue to Market Avenue in case you're in St. Louis. Uh, in wake of the situation, St. Louis officials will host a press conference, or they did, to give more details regarding the situation. Evidently, we needed to know what kind of pizza was involved in the incident. <laughs> no cheese! <laughs> We're lactose intolerant, no cheese. I might shit myself in my cell. <laughs> Wow. Extra sauce, no cheese, plenty of sausage, please. <laughs> the boys love sausage. We, we get together for sausage parties all the time. <laughs> Give us their dinosaur shaped chicken patties. <laughs> With gluten free breading. <laughs> or I'll shit myself on myself. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Uh, boy, we're going to get morbid here in the next couple well, of uh, stories. Before we get to that. Oh, yes, I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you got you, it. You interviewed um, it was a gentleman Ron, that wrote the book. Ron Shepsuk. Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. so this comes from a, a listener. Um, I'll just say his name's David. Okay. And uh, he actually lives here in North Carolina. Okay. And he's, he sends me stuff throughout, like, where there's nice places to go haunted places and just creepy places. And he's a listener. So thank you, David, for listening. And he says here, uh, hello, BCB. Glad you're well. and back on darkness radio. Please give Tim Dennis a shout out for me as I was hesitant about listening to the true crime Tuesday episode regarding Henry Wallace. Oh, okay. no, he wasn't dubbed the Taco Bell strangler until some anchor jabroni said it. Valencia Jumper, the victim, and I worked at the local food line off Central Avenue together. I still remember Henry and his girlfriend, Sadie McKnight, coming into the store in the evenings to shop and chat with Valencia. Like many, never in a million years would I have suspected Henry being a serial killer. Before moving to the coast, I'd drive down Central Avenue in Sharon Amity. The food line store is now a school and the old Bojangles, where Henry worked from time to time, along with some of his victims, is now as a Mexican restaurant. The Taco Bell still stands, but has been re- renovated over the years. I still think of Valencia often, as it wasn't until Henry was captured that we found out the truth behind her passing. The autopsy would have brought up red flags if it was done properly over the first time around. So, um... He goes on to some more stuff. Um, he's going to try to go through some old photos to see if he can send us old photos. Oh, yeah. Henry's going to be in them along with Valencia. Okay. Um, but he goes on to one where he says, uh, uh, I'll go through some old photos to see if I can find some pictures of the old food line crew. Valencia was my advocate when a position became available for a stock boy. She was the one who trained me on the cash registers when I first got there, and she knew I had too much potential to be standing behind the register just staring at the ceiling. She was also the one who convinced the store manager, Mr. Jenkins, to bump up my pay when I became a stock boy. She was a dear friend and a kind soul. Oh. I think this goes into some more personal stories and stuff like that and, and talks about how he, he met Henry and all that and, okay. and how angry he was when he found out it was Henry. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where you and I always wonder, hey, if you knew a serial killer, let us know. And, and he not only knew the killer, but he knew the a victim too. Does I'm curious. Does it? Can you go through what he felt like when he when he found out it was Henry? Yeah, it, let yeah. me. I can read the whole thing. Yeah, please, uh, please. Uh, let me pull him back up. Where David there? You are. So it says. 
I'll be honest with you. If I knew then what I know now, I would have got Henry before the law did. To know what he did to Valencia and then had the nerve to go to the funeral is beyond belief. Valencia never worked with Henry Wallace. She got in his path due to her being good friends with Sadie McKnight. Valencia worked at both Foodline and Belk at South Park Mall, as well as being a student at Johnson C. Smith University. All the other victims either worked at Taco Bell or the Bojangles across the street from Foodline. For whatever reason, Henry would quit Taco Bell and go to work at Bojangles for a while. Then he'd quit there and go back to Taco Bell. That was the only thing that really seemed odd about him. He didn't like to settle down at one place for too long. Um, I, I said, you know, so that's psychopath, go to the funeral, relive it. He was honestly no one... No one what we all know now. I'd rather him had been tried by the streets versus the justice system. That's the part that still burns a lot, knowing now what we know. Um, he says, I'm also a little disappointed with Gary McFadden as he wants to make what was going on behind the scenes at CMPD a racial issue, and it wasn't. Uh, Gary likes to make things bigger than what they truly are. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but he has a way of blowing up stories to make it more dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, this is one of the hardest listens one of the hardest things to listen to last Tuesday. There's always going to be three sides of the story. Um, Gary has his, the powers that be with CMPD has theirs, and then there's the truth. Well, I appreciate that, David. I mean, honest, honestly, because yeah. we do need different perspectives. Yep. And, and we do need to know the entire story behind it. And that's yep. what's important. Now, keep in mind, what Ron is reporting on is what he could gather for facts. Right. And, and when you write a book like that, you, you gather what you can gather from law enforcement. You gather what you can gather from families. And you put in the, and from advocates and whoever else that you can gather around the actual story. It's hard to, to pull in, in news clips and, and whatever you can pull for, you know, from media clips and whatever you can pull. It's hard to get reaction sometimes from the people surrounding the victims. You can get what you can get, but a lot of times people don't want to talk. But it's cool to get reactions from, I shouldn't say cool, but it's, it's nice to get reactions from people surrounding the victims that knew those victims. Mm-hmm. And David, I got to tell you, I really do treasure the fact that you wrote in and we're able to open up and give us a little perspective on what happened uh, with Valencia in particular, because it's, um, it's a perspective that not everybody gets. Exactly. And it adds more to the story that we didn't know. Yep. So thank you, David. We appreciate that. We really do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I told them in the messages. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's and it. any old photos, go ahead. It's, it's interesting to come across people like this because I grew up in Milwaukee during the time of Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me interested in, in serial killers. It wasn't because of what he did. It was the motive behind it because I don't think that way. I don't I don't look at somebody and go, oh, I'd love to wear their skin. You know what I mean? Right. But talking to different people, I got to find how those crimes affected not just the victim's families – but they're friends also. Um, I dated a girl who their family, if you watch the uh, footage of them emptying the apartment, they pull a grill out. That's their grill. They had lent it to him. Mm-hmm. 
because his, something happened to his. You know, um, my college, when I was in college, the guy that lived next to me in the dorms, his uncle worked next to Jeffrey Dahmer on the Ambrosia chocolate line. Really? Yeah. So I got to hear perspective from that, you know? Yeah. And that's why when, when, when David wrote this in, it's like, oh, okay, here's another, you know, he's not a family member, but he's close enough to one of the victims. And not only that, he knew the killer and the girlfriend, you know, how he chose his victims. Right. So it's like, it, it's a whole new perspective on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's three sides to everything. Right. I wonder if, if David's interested, if he, if he, give us permission if he wants to send those photos uh we'd be glad to create a blog about it on our website on darknessradioshow.com and we'd post those photos if he'd let us and just add a blog and just uh if with some words if david wants to create them about his perspective or we can we can republish his his words to you bruiser um about what he knew about valencia if you want to forward yeah. that to me and I can, I can republish the, the letter to you. Um, and if that's fine with David, we need his permission. Of course we wouldn't do exactly. that. That's why when he sent me the message for, I asked permission, Hey, can I share this on the show? Cause if he said, no, not on the show, I would have shared it with you privately. But yeah. he said, yeah, please, yeah. you know, and I, I give him credit too, because you're able to skip over episodes if you want to. No one forces people to listen to every single episode. Right, right. And he knew it was going to be a hard listen because yeah. you 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 tell everybody, hey, this is my guest. This is what we're talking about. You know what I mean? And he still had the courage and the strength to listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. And then not only listen to the episode, but then share his experiences with us. Yeah, yeah. And then allowed us to share his experiences with our listeners and that that takes a big person to do that oh yes. and, and yeah that's a I, I commend him for that's a lot of strength yep to be able to do that to yep. get her story out there yeah yeah it does and, and another yeah. and another image so now she's not just a victim you know what i mean she was this kind caring person that went out of her way to help this this guy to, to help david you yeah. know yeah so. Yeah, and God bless them both. Yeah, yes. thank you, David. Thank you, David, and 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 thank you for letting us get to know Valencia a little bit better. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that a lot of people they, the focus is always on the serial killer, which because we're all we're all drawn to why did they do it? Well, you know, there should be some times where we look at the victims too. Yeah, who were they? They weren't just victims; they were people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for that, Bruce. I appreciate that. Thank you for for reading that on air. Yep. Uh, let's uh, let's move on with uh, rip from the headlines. We're going to Houston, where a woman was arrested two years after she allegedly killed her landlord and buried his body under the stairs. It's <laughs> one way of not being able to pay your rent. I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I know rent <laughs> rent prices are going up, but that's one way of rent control, I guess. Uh, Police arrested a 43-year-old woman after nearly two years after her landlord's remains were found under a staircase on his property. Houston police announced that officers arrested Pamela Ann Merritt Friday, August 18th in connection with the 2021 death of Colin Kardachi after she was charged in May. Harris County jail records show she was booked on charges of murder and theft on December 6th, 2021. 
Houston police officers responded to 605 West Clay Street after a resident called to report finding human remains in the backyard while cleaning. Now, that's disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, you're just, you know, you're cleaning <laughs> I, up. I know we're doing a deep clean right now, but this is way too deep. <laughs> right, yeah. Cleaning up around the yard and whoops, human remains. I didn't put that there. <laughs> uh, so let me leave a body here. Body? Anybody? Body? No? <laughs> body? No? 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 Okay. no? no one claiming it? Uh, police got to the scene and found the remains were in advanced state of decomposition. Ew. Not good. The remains were sent to the Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences and positive, positively identified as Kardachis. According to charging documents, Merritt allegedly stabbed Kardachi to death with a knife on February 15th of 2021. That's a long time to have somebody That's under a, your stairs. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It brings a whole new meaning to the people under the stairs, huh? <laughs> God, yes, it does. Uh, he was reported missing on February 20th, so five days after he had been stabbed. Following a major winter storm that caused widespread power outages, police also spoke with another resident, Michael Brown, who said he had not heard Kurdachi. He had not heard Kurdachi in the home since February fifteenth. Not seen, but heard him. Evidently, <laughs> well, he's a loud walker. Yeah, I guess so. On February twenty third of twenty twenty one, officers went to the Clay Street home for a burglary in progress and spoke with another resident, who said Merritt was inside and would not leave. The resident asked the woman where Kardachi was, and she allegedly replied that she killed him. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Confession hmm. taken. I guess. Police <laughs> detained Merritt and transported her to a hospital for a psychiatric evaluation. I guess it's always a good first step. In October of 2021, Houston police received a third resident who said she paid rent to Merritt and Brown and was told she would get a discount if she cleaned two stories of the home. The woman reportedly found what looked like large pools of blood and drops of blood on the floor. Police went inside and noticed what looked like large pools of blood on the floor and on the third floor of the house, specifically in the bathroom area where there was possible blood on the floor and wall near the tub. You blood everywhere. Do you think she stopped and went, do I have to clean that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, you need a certification? to clean that <laughs> maybe it could be uh, so that's probably what she was thinking like i don't know if i'm qualified to clean that <laughs> yeah how much bleach am i gonna need for this that's the first thing i think i ask uh the female resident told police kardachi was missing and that Merritt told her she and brown took kardachi to the hospital for a puncture wound well that was accurate yeah, he yeah. had a puncture wound. Yep, yeah. because he sustained some kind of stab wound from falling on a sharp object. Her knife. <laughs> we were walking. I pulled my knife out the whittle. He fell on it. Don't know what happened. Don't know. Yeah, so we took him to the hospital, and there you go. Uh, Merritt allegedly said Kardachi died at the hospital. Well, you'd think there'd be records. <laughs> yeah, it's called checking in at a hospital, especially if somebody dies. Right. And and they keep the body. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, <laughs> you don't get the return with the body. No, no. You, it's 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 not like you know, like a recycling thing where you take in your bottles and you get change for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's not like you can go. Hey, can I keep that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I have some stairs that need to be held up. <laughs> yeah, I need something to prop up my stairs. They're a little weak. You know, you usually use sugar packs when your table's a little wobbly. Yeah. yeah she wanted to use him because the stairs were a little wobbly. Yeah, it's not that type of deal. Uh, the criminal complaint says the officer who responded to the home December 6th when Kardachi's remains were found noticed the body was consistent with attempting to hide the body from detection. While the female resident told Merritt and Brown she was calling police, they allegedly started painting over things. A knife was reportedly placed inside a mailbox, too. Not exactly a great place to uh, hide a knife. Yeah, where are they? Who's they sending it to? <laughs> Look here, here's, yeah. my, here's my murder weapon. With a with a night with a, a little note that looks like the um, the logo from uh, from Chick Fil A that says "Please mail knife <laughs> to somebody." Uh, according to the complaint, Merritt told police she believed Kardashi faked his death to commit fraud and is probably alive in Africa. Oh, okay. <laughs> God. Because that's what you do. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, I, that's not what I do. I'd probably fake my death and go to somewhere nice, like uh, yeah, I'm not going to Africa, the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah, it's where everybody goes. I mean, what's in Africa? Elephants, gold, <laughs> diamonds, diamonds, Egypt is a yeah, yeah, mummies, the Sahara, Sahara. I could pretend I'm Laurel and Hardy in the French Legion, <laughs> French Foreign Legion. One of the best movies ever. It All is, those Laurel it? and Hardy meet the monsters are great, but the mummy one is the best. Mm -hmm. You yeah. want a shovel or the pick? I pick the pick. You pick the pick? Which do you pick? The pick. Yes, make your pick. I pick the pick. <laughs> no, the shovel or the pick. Oh, so funny. <laughs> See, we Sorry. Have, we have Laurel and Hardy movies in common. Yeah, never, oh, I love them. Never tell you, Uncle Bob, He, um, when I was little, he got me two posters that were on my wall for, for eternity, and I don't know whatever happened to them. One was a, you remember the giant two-shot of uh, Laurel and Hardy? Okay, yep. The black and white poster? The, yep. With the two head, just Laurel and Hardy. The other one was a giant famous poster of the Marx Brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah. So those hung on my wall forever. Which I got some Marx Brothers trivia for the listeners. Oprah is named after Harpo Marx because her dad was a big Harpo fan. There you go. Yeah. And this, the last time I worked up in St. Cloud, I, I, they, they had a bunch of festivals going on. And I had to waste some time until they removed a barricade so I could go home. So I was just wasting time riding up and down the street in my little scooter. And uh, I stopped in at the, the pawn shop up there. It's, it's, it's a nice attempt at a pawn shop, but it's just a, it's just a <laughs> husband and wife, old husband and wife who have a bunch of stuff in their store. But they have a bunch of old vinyl. Oh, okay. And I found for five bucks on pristine vinyl, an evening with Groucho. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a collector's, man. It is. I, I was looking online. It's worth anywhere from 70 to 100 bucks. I'm really hoping that today's youth tries to go back to the old, you know, the Marx Brothers, the Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, because that was fun humor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you had the physical part of it, but like Abbott and Costello, their delivery yeah. Groucho's delivery. Yeah. That was pure comedic gold. You know what else I found? What? For five bucks. I found the original 
War of the Worlds unedited. The original tele- or the radio broadcast? The original radio broadcast. Oh. Unedited. The full radio broadcast on vinyl. Yeah. So what I'm thinking maybe, again, I know this is a true crime show. What I'm thinking maybe, maybe for Halloween this year, is we air it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's some radio stations that do that. Yeah. So maybe we'll do it this year for Halloween. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, getting back to the story. So she also said the blood inside the home was from rotten meat and that she cleaned it out of the, the refrigerator. Just happened to bring it up to the, the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, both Merritt and Brown argued that the remains found under the house were actually a dead dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> A big dead dog. That's a, that's a mighty big dog. Uh, Brown and Merritt were released without charges. Uh, the autopsy determined that Kardachi suffered fatal sharp and blunt force trauma to the torso, but he also sustained stab wounds to his scapula, head, neck, chest, and ribs. Ooh, she went everywhere. Yeah, that'll kill you. Uh, Merritt is scheduled to appear in court in November. So there you go. Uh, let's move on. A Louisiana man is arrested for allegedly killing a woman and keeping her body in a car with him for a month. <laughs> Ew. This is, uh, this is the stereotypical uh, definition of codependency, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. This is, this is some Ed Gein stuff here. Yeah, this is not letting go in a relationship. No. Yeah. No, it is not. When they say death do us part, they mean death do us part. That's right. <laughs> Uh, deputies arrested a 41-year-old man after he allegedly admitted to killing an acquaintance and keeping her body with him in a car for 30 days. <sighs> I, I gotta admit... That's gotta be disgusting. Ugh. Because they're turning in soup, basically. Yeah, yeah, bone soup right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't cuddle with it. Or they're mummifying. I got to think if there's, oh, no, you know what? That's no, a, you have to add stuff to mummify. But the, not necessarily in dry, arid climates like Arizona. This isn't a dry, arid climate, though. So, yeah, they would be, they would just be rotting. But in a dry, arid climate, like in a desert, you mummify. Right. Yeah, but this was, you dry You said Louisiana? Yeah, right? it's Louisiana. So, you oh, get, so this you is humid rotting. as human can be. This is a big, bloated pile of goo ready to explode. <laughs> I love how descriptive you are, my friend. You, are, boy, you just get into it. You don't, you, you don't hold back. Um, how do you pronounce this? It is the Calcaso, Calcaso Parish Sheriff's Office, in Lake Charles. It sounds good to me. C a l c a s i e u. I think my French is somewhat close. Calcaso, Calcaso, Calcaso. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll get an email, I'm sure. Calcaso Parish Sheriff's Office on August 20th, uh, deputies received a call from Sheila Ortega's family members because they were concerned after not hearing from her for about a month. The next day, deputies found Ortega's car in a small parking lot and her body was inside the vehicle. Investigators identified Christopher Carter as a person of interest and found him at a nearby business. Detectives spoke with Carter, and he reportedly told him he killed Ortega approximately one month ago, then used her personal information to open multiple loans. Okay, so he's trying to take her money. Yeah. Carter, Still doesn't explain why he kept her in the car. No. Oh, maybe Carpool lane. <laughs> carpool lane. Carpool lane. Ne- needed her signature on those loans. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Carter was, people are like, how does he still get the signature? It's a joke, folks. <laughs> uh, Carter was arrested on charges of second degree murder, unlawful disposal of human remains, and identity theft. Calcaso Sheriff Tony Mancuso said in the news release, we have seen some strange cases here in the parish. But his case, this case was definitely an unusual one for us. We have never seen someone drive around with a dead body in the SUV for 30 days. <laughs> oh, Sheriff, that is so, so unfeeling and uncaring. Ortega's body was sent off for further testing to determine the cause of death. I, I got to think there's probably only one or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, Bruiser. It's the time people love. We're going to go round and round about the pronunciation one more time. <laughs> We're going to Kentucky. Woohoo! Going to Louisville. We're going to Louisville, where Ooh. a. Are you choking on something? Can I help you? Do you need something to drink? Do we need to take a break for you to have something to drink? It sounds like hey, you spoke. You're... You spoke with people from Louisville, and they pronounce it Louisville. So I'm just I'm going with what the natives say. It's, it's probably because their tongue is swelling up from too much salt. It's a it's a blood pressure problem. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Kentucky woman is rescued after being chained to the floor in a barricaded house. Yikes! She what? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why she can't pronounce Louisville because, <laughs> because okay. her tongue is chained to the floor <laughs> or she's been gagged. Police and emergency personnel rescued a woman who was chained to the floor after neighbors called to report they heard someone screaming for help. Help, help, I can't pronounce Louisville. <laughs> The Louisville Metro Police Department shared body camera footage <laughs> from officers who responded to a home on the 1700 block of Bowling Avenue. They can't pronounce that either. It's probably Bowling, Bowling. Bowling Avenue Bowling. on August 16th at approximately 7 p.m. The officers could hear the woman screaming and tried to enter the house through the front door. The whole first floor, however, was completely barricaded. The officers noted a shattered window on the second story, so they found a ladder and climbed up. When they got into the room, they located an adult woman chained to the floor. Police said the woman had a chain around her neck, which was secured by a master lock. Well, that's a good endorsement for them. <laughs> and that chain oh, was... That's where I left my chained human. Thank you, master lock. <laughs> Thank you, master lock. And she didn't get away. <laughs> Boy, master lock. <laughs> Chain your human and never lose them. Uh, and that chain was bolted to the floor with a screw. Wow. Uh, in the video, the woman whose face is blurred out is crying. She apologized to the officer because she didn't know where the suspect went. One officer retrieved a hatchet from inside the home and began to work on the chain, trying to break it. They eventually broke through the chain and got to the victim or got the victim to safety outside. Officials from Louisville, Louisville, Louisville EMS and fire department used. Louisville. No, are, are you, are you hurt? Are you, do I need to get it? Do I need to the, get the Louisville EMS? No, Louisville, Louisville EMS and fire department used large bolt cutters to free the woman outside the residence. I read it right. Look, it says here, Louisville police. Louisville. Did you drop something? Did you drop something on your tongue? Are you hurt? I'm just pronouncing the city name. 
Louisville police. It's a Louisville slugger. It always was. It's a Louisville slugger. It always was. Louisville slugger. When I went to the factory, they even pronounced it Louisville years ago. No, it's Louisville. You know, when you ask Mickey Mantle, he he called it a Louisville slugger. He's from New York. He's not from Kentucky. (laughs) God. (laughs) Of course he's going to put a New York spin on it. It was King what? It, it was a King Lou? Or was no, it? no, he was Louis. Okay. That's who the town's named after. Are you sure? Could be his brother Lou. <laughs> there was no brother named Lou. Anyway, let me get back to the story. Louisville police said officers arrested a suspect two days later. Uh, the department's domestic violence unit... <laughs> who's going to have to arrest me soon, (laughs) uh, is investigating the case. According to WHAS-TV, the suspect has been identified as 36-year-old Moises May, and he was taken into custody on charges of kidnapping, wanton endangerment, domestic violence, assault, intimidating a participant in the legal process. I didn't know that's a charge. I didn't know that either. So that means he threatened her after they caught him. Yeah. Terroristic threatening and physical harassment. Whoa, so terroristic threatening means he threatened someone of high standard in our in, in some sort of government form. So he, no, 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 no. Terroristic threatening is just if I is a, is a blanket charge. Okay. Yeah. So you know, just saying, uh, just it, it's it's before the act is actually committed. So okay, so yeah. they're just throwing that on top of their like, yeah. hey, we're throwing everything at so this guy. So it was, it was. I'm going to chain you to the floor and and hit you with this axe. That's a that's a. It, it gotcha. Was, it was before the actual act was committed. So okay, yeah. Uh, the victim and May reportedly have a child together. That's going to make things tough. He allegedly <laughs> abused her prior to her being chained to the floor. On August 14th, they reportedly got into a fight, and he slapped her, then pinned her to the ground and cut off some of her hair with a machete. Oh. Yeah. She returned two days later, but May allegedly locked all the doors and threatened to kill her if she ever came back to his house. WHAS reports May is being held on how much bond, Bruiser, for all this? $250,000. Oh, you got to go lower, my friend. It's Louisville. Well, yeah, it's Louisville, so we're going to go with $75,000. One more try, a little bit higher. $100,000. Ding, 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 ding. Circle gets the square. Yes, Louisville comes through. Yep. And a comment on their Facebook post, Louisville police say, quote, shout out again to that block for seeing something and saying something. Y'all saved a li- y'all saved a y'all life saved that a day. life. Look at that. See, you're yelling at them. Yeah, they're using y'all in their messages. <laughs> Y'all saved the life that day. <laughs> They couldn't even say you all. They said nope. y'all, and they it's said Southern, it in a quote. Man. I say that now. I catch myself all the time saying that now. Yeah. Y'all saved a life that day. <laughs> in Louisville. Way to go, little villains. Is that what they are? Little villains? <laughs> they are villains, yes. <laughs> For not being able to say E. <laughs> not that tough to say e there's no e in the name louis is l-o-u-i-s right louis it's french louis 
or Louis, if you're Kentucky, Will. <laughs> That's so lazy. Come on, it's so lazy. Have you not heard Cajun before? Cajun's the laziest language ever. There's no Cajuns in Kentucky. No, but they're still Southern. Look, they can't even say you all. They say y'all. Sorry, they're not as sophisticated as you Northerner Minnesota people. We're not sophisticated. We're not sophisticated here. We're a bunch of mud ducks. <laughs> Which reminds me, uh, Mrs. Bruiser works with uh, an international company. Okay. And a, a man, uh, they had a big meeting with all like the big wigs this last week. Mm-hmm. And she came home giggling. I said, it was so funny. She says, well, there's a guy. They moved him from Sweden. Yep. And he was, uh, they moved him to America to work in America. And she goes, he'll never guess where he relocated to. And I went, let me guess, Minnesota? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and he was shocked that I could guess that. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> well. <laughs> Did he get the accent right away? <laughs> I was talking to my friend Faye this weekend. By the way, hello, Faye. And um, we were talking about accents. And she's in, uh, she's in the UP. Okay. And she's got an, she's got an interesting accent because she's got the UP accent, but she's also got a Finnish accent. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it is an interesting accent, but it all, it also kind of sounds a little Minnesotan and and okay. a little Wisconsinish. You know how Wisconsin's got the little tinge too. Yep, with the bag. Yeah. And milk. Right. So it's it's just the cutest accent. People are like, I love your accent. She's like, I don't have an accent. <laughs> yes, you do there. <laughs> You're a UP. I don't have an accent. Um, but it, it's it, it's just cute. She's just the most loving, amazing person. Yeah. But it's it. Uh, but you know, she's like, stop making fun of me and all. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Bruiser's getting the hybrid Southern Wisconsin accent. Oh, that's fine. So it she'll be like, y'all need a bag, and it's like, come on, choose one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick one, pick one to stick with it. Right. Yeah. It's funny. It's just too funny. So we were talking accents for a little bit this weekend. Because, again, people look at me and go, uh, I can tell or I can't tell if you're from Minnesota. Because I try to do the, I try to not do the long, oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. But sometimes it comes out. Yeah. I can tell down here when people are from different places. Oh, you're not from, you're not from North Carolina, are you? How can you tell? Just the way you say words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's obvious. It's blatantly obvious. Yep. And sometimes it'll get you beat. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's let's, true. It will. Let's talk about uh, for a minute step parents. I myself had a wonderful stepdad. Okay. Uh, God rest his soul. He's been gone for a while now, uh, but he taught me many lessons. Uh, my stepdad actually at one time, if you've seen the movie American Gangster. Yes. Worked for, um, uh, was it Frank Lucas? I'm trying to remember the name of the gangster in that movie. I believe it was, yes. Yeah. Worked for him. Uh, turned his life around. Went from being, uh, went from being a drug dealer to being a family man. Okay, good and for it's, him. It's hard for people to do that. He went from being drug addicted to clean, clean and sober. Uh, went to being went, went from being a criminal to being an amazing man. That's awesome. That's that's the type of story I like to hear. Yeah, I give I give Mrs. Bruiser credit because she she stepped in to be a stepmother, 
she always says they're her kids, but they came pre-assembled. Yeah. That's kind of, that sounds like what your stepdad had. Yeah. They, they, they're here. They're your kid, his kids, but you guys were pre-assembled. Right. Right. And she, she stepped up and she has been an amazing parent. And now it's so wonderful to see my kids gravitate to her now that they're older. Yeah. You know, like the girls have been planning. I'm going to New Orleans next week um, to celebrate my youngest's 21st birthday. But the three of them, my two girls and and, and Mrs. Bruiser have been talking. And and I just sat in awe. I'm like, you don't have to be, and and you can attest to this, you don't have to be biologically connected to be a parent. Right. You don't have to be blood. Right. And and from the way you're taught speaking to your stepdad, it's the same way that I think my kids speak, our kids, because they're her kids too, but speak of her. And it's, just, you can take a DNA test all day long. Yeah, yeah. But it's talking like this and hearing you and, and your face lights up when you talk about them, you yeah. know, and, and then seeing my kids. And our son was struggling because he's getting out of the Army soon, so he's trying to figure out what to do. And he's never made a resume. So he calls her up. Hey, how do I do this? I think made her day, you know, yeah. because it's, yeah. oh, they need us still, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's a different way. But it's just, it, it's, it proves you don't have to be blood to step up as a parent and, yep. and raise somebody in a good way. Yeah. And and that's what he did. He, he got clean, he stepped up and he raised you in a good way. And you, you turned out to be a great man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and filled in, 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 a, in ways that you, you can't imagine and, and taught life lessons that I don't think I ever would have learned anywhere else, you know? And I'm not talking about stashing a gun or anything like that. <laughs> Here, Timmy. Or the, you can play some three-card Monty. <laughs> or, the, or the street value of heroin or anything like that. But no, it was nothing like that. But it was, you know, it was, it was valuable lessons about, you know, things about being a man that you wouldn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't and didn't learn anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, you know, when... I mean, this is deeply personal stuff, but when my mom and dad divorced, I was 13 years old. And it was grandparents that were filling in, and they filled in wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, but to to, to actually have a, a, a dad around that was like, hey, son, boom, I'm here. Yep. Was huge. So that's, that's what Mrs. Bruiser did, because my son and my daughter have the same mom, and she, she stepped out. Yeah. For a little bit. She had a hard time with life, which we do. Yeah. But she, you know, she stepped out and I got the, got them full time and, and Mrs. Bruiser was there. And, and not one instance did she ever say, no, you're, I'm not doing this. She just took it in stride. Like, okay, this is life now. This is what we have to do. She stopped drinking. She, she kind of like what your stepfather did. She mm-hmm. grew up and yeah. went, okay, I have these kids now. They aren't getting it from here. They got to get it from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I, I give credit to all the step parents out there. That's you know right. that, be, and, and like I said, look at Tim here. He's a classic example of what a good step parent can can do to a person's life. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, we're going to see the other side of that now in this next story <laughs> because sometimes uh, people don't like their step parents. Maybe step parents don't get along with kids, or kids are just assholes and don't want to get along with their step parents. Um, and, and we'll see a classic example of that here. We go to New Jersey where a man is accused of beating his stepmother with a baseball bat to death. Ooh. 
We'll just call this 30-year-old asshole just like it is. A 30-year-old <laughs> man is facing murder and other charges uh, for allegedly beating and killing his stepmother with a baseball bat last week. On August 16th, Creskill police responded to a home on Stonegate Trail and found a woman deceased from blunt force trauma. NewJersey.com or NJ.com identified the victim as 48-year-old Irma Daniels and reports her stepson, John Daniels, was arrested for allegedly killing her. Bergen County Prosecutor Mark Musella reportedly said in a statement that Daniels struck the victim in the head with a baseball bat before fleeing the residence. Irma Daniels was married to John Daniels' father. Bergen County jail records show Daniels was arrested on charges of murder, unlawful possession of a weapon, possession of a weapon for unlawful purpose, hindering oneself, hiding, suppressing information and evidence and hindering oneself, giving false information. He's being held without bond. Good. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't say why he did it. Uh, well, we're well, let's go on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Irma Daniels worked as a realty associate at a luxury real estate firm, Sotheby's and Christie's. She was originally from Russia. And on August 15th, she posted a video of mountains on Facebook saying she was going back to my roots. Okay. She wrote the beautiful motherland with bre- breathtaking Caucasian mountains, ancient culture, um, heartbreaking history and graceful and noble people proud of my being circassian. That's sad. No, it doesn't say why he did it. Just a dick. Just a dick. <laughs> and she's a beautiful woman. Here's a look at her right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I don't know. She's a very beautiful woman. Works works at a luxury, uh, luxury real estate firm. I... I no, no idea. Guy's just a dick. Guy's just a dick. When he was 30? 30. That's probably the wrong time to start having issues with your stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I think there's a little narcissism going on there. Oh, yeah. And finally, uh, in this section of the program, uh, <laughs> this is a little dumb crime, stupid criminal-ish to lead us in. So we're teasing them. Okay. We're teasing them. We're giving them a story that could be but isn't quite... Uh, I'm a big fan of my front porch. Huh? Yeah. I'll, I'll just tell you that. But it's cement and it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a place of serenity. It's a place where I, I tend to read to prepare for uh, the shows. It's where I get together with my pals and chipmunks. And uh, it's just a place of uh, peace and quiet. But one Georgia man has decided he likes his neighbor's porch better than his neighbor's. <laughs> so he was going to take it. He just decided, hey, this is coming home with me. That's right. We go to Coeta County in Georgia, where a porch pirate took on a new meaning when a man was arrested for pilfering an entire expensive porch <laughs> from a neighbor's home. Just going to disconnect this here, disconnect this. Okay, he won't know. I'll leave a note. (laughs) (laughs) Coeta County Sheriff's Office investigator Chris Stapler, Stapler, uh, somebody took my Stapler, uh, told WAGA-TV the porch is a full-size 8-foot by 10-foot porch. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I cannot wait to hear how he moved this. Adding, it would be what goes onto a house for entry and exit. <laughs> Good God. Hey, he left a stepladder so they can get in the house. 
Stapler described the porch as very well constructed and that the builder used top-of-the-line lumber to construct the $3,000 attachment. Well, no wonder this guy wanted it. He's like, man, that's some top-of-the-line stuff. The guy used my stuff to use some peat wood. (laughs) (laughs) I stepped through and fall, fall. That's right. According to WAGA, the house had no trespassing signs around it and looked like it had been abandoned. I don't know that that's a good a good reason to take somebody's porch. Yeah, like, it can be abandoned and have no trespassing signs. It's still somebody owns that property, whether it be a personal person or a bank. Right. Like, it's not like yeah. you can just go and go, oh, this window looks nice. I'll take this. Oh, I love this front door. Here we go. Oh, look at the porch. Okay. <laughs> Officials identified Robin Swanger as the suspect. And were reportedly searching for him for days. They eventually located him when they received a call about a domestic disturbance with his wife. (laughs) God. He was arrested on charges of felony theft and domestic battery. A Coeta County incident report shows that the porch theft occurred August 4th and he was arrested August 13th. (laughs) Stabler said, you just can't take someone else's property. No, literally their property. (laughs) God. And with that, it's time to lighten things up even more. It's time now for Dumb Crimes and Stupid Criminals. It's it's Crayon News Storytime. What happened with this dude, Christbearer? I heard he uh, cut his penis off and then jumped off a balcony. Suspect pulls gun from butt, shoots twice at Denver police. What is your emergency? I need help. And what's the problem? I'm too high. You're too high? Yeah. That's right, folks. It's the time you've been looking forward to, that time where we lighten things up just a bit. We don't need to introduce him. We've already done it once before, but here he is, that co-host with the most, the BCB, the big cuddly bear himself, Beer City Bruiser. Hello, everybody. Uh, we started off Dumb Crime, Stupid Criminals, Bruiser, <laughs> with a hell of a story. Um, you ever apply for a job you know you're just not qualified for? <laughs> yes, actually, I have. <laughs> you, you know you're in over your head, but you figure, you know, I'm going to try it anyways. Yeah, you shoot, you shoot your shot. That's right. Shoot your shot. You never know. It could happen. One in a million I might make it. I might overshoot. I might I might just advance myself into a new station. Yeah, I might get it and learn. Yeah. Well, a wanted Georgia man was arrested after applying for a job at an Arkansas police department. Oh, and he was wanted too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I'm going to hide from the cops. I'm going to work for them. That's <laughs> right. We want to thank our listeners once again for this story. Uh, Police in Arkansas say a man applying to be a police officer had warrants out for his arrest in Georgia. Wait a minute. They do a background check? No way. (laughs) I never thought they'd find that out. According to a press release from the Monticello Police Department. Now, see, this is is pronounced different ways in different states. I say Monticello because that's how we pronounce it here in Minnesota. Okay. It could be Monticello. I was going to say, I've heard Monticello. Okay, so well, I'll say Monticello because it's a different state. According to a press release from the Monticello Police Department, 24-year-old Justin C. Carter applied for the police officer position through an online application while hiding in South Carolina. 
So he wasn't even in the state. He wasn't even in the state. Authorities say the 24-year-old fugitive came to Arkansas to verify details for the physical fitness test. Uh-oh. <laughs> After he arrived, officers say there were discrepancies in his physical appearance from his background check. <laughs> uh, this guy says six foot two Caucasian. Why do we have a five foot ten black male here? <laughs> <laughs> After police further investigated Carter's history, they found his real identity and a nationwide warrant for his arrest from Georgia. <laughs> the next day, Carter met police at the Monticello High School track to perform his fitness test. And, you know, that's going to happen. The officers followed Carter to perform the fitness test and took him into custody right after he completed the test, <laughs> being all sweaty and stuff. Yeah. Hey, you had the fastest time. Come here. Come get your prize. What's my prize? Handcuffs. <laughs> Bracelets. <laughs> and a free ride. <laughs> yeah. Police said that he wanted or he was wanted over a probation violation in Georgia. Following his arrest, he's awaiting transportation back to Georgia. <laughs> Where he's not going to become a police officer. No. But he'll get to meet a few of them. So mental note, if I want to become a police officer, don't be wanted. That's Got it. That's right. Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Another story from one of our wonderful listeners. A United Airlines pilot caught on video taking an axe to a parking lot barrier. It's hard this working for happened, the I've watched this video. They covered it on the news here. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Kenneth Henderson Jones has been charged with a misdemeanor on criminal mischief. A pilot is facing... A pilot. God yep. love him. At least he's not drinking at the bar before... <laughs> No, and if you watch the full video, like you see him park his car in the parking lot for the pilots, and he comes out with just an axe. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> a pilot is facing criminal charges after being caught on video chopping an airport parking barrier with an axe. Kenneth Henderson Jones is a 63-year-old pilot with United Airlines. United isn't exactly the best airline to fly. I'll give it that. They're okay. They're okay. But I, I can understand his frustration. Yeah. Uh, was charged with misdemeanor criminal mischief after being caught on video this month, taking an axe to a parking lot gate at Denver International Airport, <laughs> causing an estimated $700 in damage. That's a shame because I like Denver Airport. It's, it's a nice airport. You know the, the conspiracy theories behind oh, Denver yes, Airport. Oh, yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Maybe he was trying to chop up the Illuminati. I have no idea. <laughs> he was trying to find the underground city. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, video of the incident obtained from Denver International Airport shows Jones using an axe to chop a parking lot gate before eventually knocking the gate off its base. Jones is soon confronted by multiple airport employees who saw the incident. They eventually wrestle the axe from the seemingly irate pilot According to a police report, Jones told the officers he was driving to leave the airport and was stuck in a line of six cars behind the gate. Police said they spoke to an airport employee and told them that the parking issues at the lot are common with many people entering the lots not having the proper permits. Jones told an officer he had an axe in his car and grabbed it in an attempt to get rid of issues for everyone waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh god he's gonna show that arm <laughs> who keeps he doesn't a, do that he doesn't do that much damage too if i remember who keeps that axe in their car anyways lumberjacks <laughs> lumberjacks and michael myers 
the two people who keep axes in their cars. <laughs> it was an airline pie. You never know. He might this might be his layover, and he might have to go clear some brush. <laughs> One airline pilot is a lumberjack in his spare time. <laughs> this guy, huh? Maybe maybe it was in his rental car. He got his rental car. He's like, okay, I'm going to go, oh, look, an axe. Oh, I wonder what I could use that for. Hey, I've been sitting here for 45 minutes. I think I'm going to show that gate something. <laughs> Video shows Jones being arrested in a nearby field shortly after being confronted by the airport employees. The picture's hilarious. Well, what's funny, too, is if you watch the video when the when the employees approach him, he doesn't go back to his car. He runs into a field. Like, what are you going to do there, man? Where are you going? I'm free! <laughs> free to run through grass and touch it and ground myself. Like, um, where are you going? <laughs> he just wants to run in a field and be free. <laughs> Denver International Airport administrators described their employees' confrontation with Jones as a physical struggle with no injuries, according to a report from CBS News. While a United Airlines spokesperson, oh, this should be nice and sanitized, <laughs> told Fox News Digital that Jones was removed from the schedule and is on leave while United conducts an internal investigation. <laughs> They've now stopped giving out complimentary access to their airline bias. <laughs> yes. We're sorry about the inappropriate Christmas gift we gave you last year. <laughs> we figured we'd we'd we gave it out as a symbol of cutting high prices with our <laughs> our tickets <laughs> evidently that was the wrong message to send you know what the worst is though is there's people in that airport that now have to wait and be delayed because their pilot was arrested <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh the flight to orange county california has been canceled due to our pilot flaking out in the <laughs> parking lot they would say mechanical error you know that yeah, it is. I'm, I'm sorry. Mechanical <laughs> error. The mechanical error was the fact that the axe wouldn't go through the gate. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Another story from one of our wonderful listeners. <laughs> there, people are now like, oh, Tim doesn't even do work on dumb crimes, super criminals anymore. He just pulls <laughs> just stories from us. listeners. Uh, San Bernardino County middle school teacher is accused of teaching class while drunk. <laughs> you see here, kids. Abraham Lincoln once said, "One small step for man." <laughs> we got him. We got him. <laughs> I don't even have that up. Hold on a second. <laughs> I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who once said, "Ask not what your country will do." Ladies and gentlemen. We got him. And he said that, too. <laughs> he said that, too. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And I believe he also said this. I'm Bill Curtis, and I've just found the internet. <laughs> he said that as well. Yeah. A teacher in Chino Hills was arrested by a San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies Thursday morning following a complaint from school staff that he may be intoxicated while teaching. Ah, uh, drunk, you're drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk, you're drunk. 49-year-old Clifford Harper of Rancho Cucamonga was arrested around 11.20 a.m. Well, you gotta start sometime. Yeah. Well, all the other, uh, all the other teachers go, hey, way to go, Clifford. 
Way to get rid of Margarita Mondays for us, dick. <laughs> <laughs> now they're going to search the teacher's lounge. <laughs> How am I supposed to get through fifth period? <laughs> There's this commercial that airs uh, on the streaming services that we use, and it's for CBD, mm-hmm. which is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this one lady goes, I have to have so much CBD just to talk to my children. And I take it as, I got to get high out of my mind just to talk to my child. It's hard to understand the children these days. It is. With their rapping and their, <laughs> and their slang talk. It's weird. They have, they have that hip hop. With the hippity hoppity. <laughs> it is so bizarre. Uh, 49-year-old Clifford Harper, again, from Rancho Cucamonga, arrested 11.20 a.m. at Robert Townsend Junior High School there on Rex Drive. Faculty at the school called authorities to report their suspicion that Harper was under the influence of alcohol with students in the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) The only way they could tell, not only just the alcohol on his breath, but the fact that he wanted to share with the students. (laughs) I don't want to drink alone, kids. Well, not only that, but he passed out and they drew dicks all over his face with the Sharpies. <laughs> the kids were hazing the teacher. Yep. Like, let's shave hey, off his eyebrow. He's passed out. Come on, let's draw on him. Why does Mr. Harper only have one eyebrow? <laughs> Uh, deputies investigated the report and arrested Harper at the school. He was taken to the Chino Hills Police Department, which I imagine is fabulous. It's got to be. It's Chino. It's got to be well decorated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine there's probably complimentary croissant and uh, <laughs> hot chocolate in the morning. Yeah. When you get booked, you get a hot towel. Oh, yes. You get a hot towel when you're booked. He was booked into the jail fabulously, I bet. Uh, He faces possible charges of public intoxication and child endangerment. Um, I don't think they were in much danger. Uh, I don't think so either. They're just learning the wrong stuff. They are. (laughs) By the way, kids. Hey, everybody. The War of 1812 happened in 1941. (laughs) That's when we lost the towers. There you see, kids. Luke Skywalker flew into the <laughs> trenches with that Death Star. And he shot. He shot. He, he, what? Where are we? Oh, yes. Captain Kirk. I remember, I remember Hitler shooting himself before Han Solo got to him. <laughs> Hitler, Hitler shot first. Don't even say Han did. <laughs> Kids, here's the deal. I'm learning my lesson. Don't drink before noon. <laughs> it's 11.20. <laughs> I fucked it up. You know what Kenny Chazzy says, kids? Welcome to Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Margaritaville. You know what? I need a cheeseburger in paradise. I think I'm a little too effed up. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need a restaurant in the school. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got those Cheetos, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos. I know you got them, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, Anybody want to go off for some Mexican food? I really have some Mexican food right now. <laughs> you know what I could go for? Jimmy Jonga. <laughs> I need a Chino Hills Jimmy Jonga. They're the best. Who's with me? Who in this class is with me? They got him because he DoorDash Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. The DoorDash guy shows up and ruins the whole bit. Nobody eats Denny's sober. <laughs> no. <laughs> Harper, Harper is listed on Townsend's website as a STEM instructor. <laughs> so he's in charge of the really smart kids. <laughs> That's right. So they're the ones who busted him. Yeah, you nerds. know, it was the nerds who don't want to drink. <laughs> You're all nerds. Everyone, F, F for all you. I'm going to hurt you where, where, where it hurts. You're all getting Fs. You're my fucking downfall. I hate you all. Narcs. <laughs> he teaches an instruction to technology course that includes the use of 3D modeling programs. You know what? Today, kids, we're going to make a... 3D naked woman, something you'll never see. <laughs> Let's make a 3D picture of my butt. <laughs> Let's make pictures of our butts. <laughs> That's probably what got him busted. <laughs> um, uh, excuse me, yes, Superintendent, yes. Um, my child Billy just came home and his homework is making a 3D picture of his buttocks. <laughs> what? What is going on there? <laughs> Uh, that course syllabus includes a link to the rules and requirements for working in the school wood shop, although it's unclear if Harper was actively teaching that course at the time of his arrest. <laughs> Today, you're going to lose a finger. <laughs> time for you assholes to toughen up. I think he just sat there the whole time with <laughs> wood shop. You're <laughs> in wood shop. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh there is a little note here on the bottom of the the story okay anyone with information about the case is asked to contact the chino hills police department <laughs> i can give the number but i just don't want you guys to randomly call <laughs> Same. Yeah, yeah. My child came home with a 3D printed Jack Daniels bottle. Like, what is what's going on there? <laughs> what's your name, sir? IP freely. <laughs> yeah. So there it is. <laughs> Thanks to the listeners sent that story in. <laughs> it was too much. Uh. Altoona police got a surprise when they were called on a burglary. Oh yeah! They found twenty five k in fentanyl instead. <laughs> Jackpot! <laughs> That's right. Sometimes you go out looking for you know looking for four leaf clovers and you pull up mushrooms. Just <laughs> we go to Altoona, Pennsylvania, where police were called for residential burglary in Altoona, but instead found a break in, and they also found twenty five thousand dollars worth of fentanyl and other drugs. <laughs> The criminals forgot their stash. That's right. 40 Man, I really want this TV. What do we do? Drop the fentanyl. Drop the fentanyl. Grab the TV. <laughs> Who needs it? We got a 46-inch. <laughs> 4K, man. 4K. <laughs> Woo. We're watching an old black and white at home. A 46-year-old uh, Alan Phelan Jr., who in his mugshot looks like 
he got surprised in the bum, uh, is facing a slew of possession with intent to deliver charges after calling police to his apartment on 15th Avenue in the area of Altoona Cathedral around 1 a.m. You wouldn't think to put your drugs away when you know that when you called the cops to come look at your house. No, evidently <laughs> not. That's why he's a dumb criminal. Okay, got the dog locked in this kennel. All right, got the alarm disengaged. Fentanyl's on the staircase. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Call the police. Yeah, exactly. That was this past Friday. Uh, according to the criminal complaint, Phelan uh, claimed that someone broke into his apartment by breaking his window. However, police said that there were no signs that anyone got into the apartment. When asked if he knew uh, if anything was missing, he took police inside. <laughs> Tell Max. <laughs> Police were shown various parts of Phelan's apartment when they saw what looked like, uh, is it Kalonzapam? Is that what what, uh, fentanyl is? Kalonzapam? I think so, yeah. Kalonzapam pills sitting in an open safe. Uh, Phelan allegedly told them that he keeps them in various places in case he has a panic attack. He looks panicked in his mugshot. Just close the safe, bro. <laughs> That's all you had to do. Right. What's the point of having a safe when you're leaving it open? Right. You had one job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, police noted he was unable to show them his prescription, however. Oh, of course. For the pills. You know, right. He left that in his other pants. That's right. While in the apartment, police alleged a pill bottle with a white powder was out in clear view along with a small measuring spoon with white residue. <laughs> Oh, Phelan. Uh, police took Phelan into custody while getting a search warrant. According to the complaint, while executing the warrant, police found the following. Are you ready for this? Oh, God, yes. I cannot wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. 47 grams of fentanyl and 71 packages of it valued at $25,000. <laughs> Whoops. 13 grams of meth valued at $1,300. <laughs> 20 grams of marijuana valued at six six hundred dollars nine is it sub suboxone suboxone yeah suboxone strips uh valued at four hundred dollars i don't even mess with the stuff so i don't you know had the strips yeah he had the strips that's what they give um when you're addicted to opiates yeah that's that's what they get you off of it but you can still you take enough of them you get high yeah so evidently he's not off of it no, no, God, no. I know a lot no. of people that use Suboxone to get high. Yeah. Uh, 12 Kalazapam. Yeah, Kalazapam. Kalazapam's a anti-anxiety. Yeah, valued at 150 Evidently, he's got a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> uh, police noted that they also found an electronic scale, various size baggies, multiple smoking devices, and small glass vials with twist tops. It was also noted that Phelan had a previous possession with intent to deliver conviction. So, kids, here's what you need to learn from this story. When calling the police, make sure all your drugs and drug paraphernalia are seriously hidden where the police can't find them if you invite them in your house. That's right. That's right. Uh, Phelan was placed in Blair County Prison. How much was his bail, Bruiser? Go to go with $65,000. A little lower. $32,000. One more shot. Go a little higher. $47,000. 50 and you got it. 50000 right. bucks for this guy. Uh, preliminary hearing is scheduled for September 6th. So there you go. <laughs> what an idiot. This next story is going to break your heart, Bruiser. 
That last story broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I forgot to show you this this uh, idiot's picture. Uh, yeah, his, he's, his, he's having a panic attack. Look at this guy. Meet, meet, meet. He looks like. <laughs> what do you mean I'm arrested? <laughs> That's what that looks <laughs> right. like. Doesn't he look kind of like the human version of uh, of uh, Beaker? Yeah, I was going to say, he does not look like a hardcore drug dealer. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's, he's your trustworthy drug dealer. He is. He's the kind of guy you'd pat on the head after you bought a bought an eighth off of him. Just like, so you right. know you're getting pure stuff from him. <laughs> yeah, right. You could trust There's him. There's nothing laced in that. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know something? This is uh, this is pure. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it is. <laughs> no, really, it is. It's pure. I, 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 uh, why, are you, why are you gentlemen arresting me? I invited you into my house. Yeah, Those are my drugs. I have a script. They're my, they're my other pants. Yeah. You know, the laundromat. This is all mine. I, uh, yeah. 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 Would you gentlemen like some lunch? I would make some lunch for you. <laughs> that, that's what the scale's for. I measure my food. That's Got right. Got it. Only eat so many calories. That's right. I'm on a strict diet. I am uh, very allergic to a lot of food, so I need to eat a pure, clean diet. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I would. Uh, it's it's time for it's time for a snack. Would you like a snack? <laughs> I have string cheese. Right next to the Suboxone. Yeah, right next, right next to the Colazepam. <laughs> the stuff that's sitting out that you're going to arrest me for. Just, just move the mess to sit down. Just move it. It's right next. Yeah, set it on the end table. It's right next to the juice box. <laughs> I, have, I have a prescription for that too. Yeah, I have a prescription for the for the juicy juice. <laughs> uh, this next story is going to break your heart. Broke my heart. Okay. I think this woman should be hung by her toenails. <laughs> Naughty parts. <laughs> <laughs> a nurse, supposed nurse, I'll put supposed nurse, they put nurse, abandoned her dog at the airport. Oh, yep. that is terrible. You mm. do not do that. 44-year-old woman dumped her pooch, then took a flight to Mexico to go to her resort. Bring the dog with you. Yep. Pennsylvania police have filed criminal charges against a woman who was, quote-unquote, unable to take her dog on a flight. She so let then you call somebody to go pick the dog up. That's right. You don't just abandon the dog. Yeah. She allegedly abandoned the pooch at the Pittsburgh airport before boarding a plane to Mexico for a vacation resort. 44-year-old Allison Lynn Geyser who's a nurse, is facing cruelty to animals, neglect of animals, and ab animal abandonment counts, according to a criminal complaint detailing the bizarre August 4th incident at Pittsburgh International Airport. According to investigators, an unattended French bulldog was discovered sitting in a stroller next to a short-term parking lot. Oh, she left him outside, too? Yep. In this heat? No. Yep. The seven-year-old dog was unrestrained and could have exited the stroller, according to police. Oh. A subsequent, but the dog just sat there. Yeah, because the dog's waiting for his owner to come back. Yeah. Isn't that sad? That's what's sad. Yeah. yeah. A subsequent probe determined that Geyser, bound for Mexico, attempted to bring the dog on her flight. However, an airline employee told Geyser she cannot travel with the animal since the dog did not meet the criteria for an emotional support animal and did not have a proper kennel as required. That's all it took. Just buy a kennel. Yeah. I think they have them there at the airport. Yeah. You could buy one probably at a store. Yeah. That's it. 
Uh, police allege that upon her return from vacation on August 10th, Geyser freely admitted she left the dog behind because the airline denied the dog boarding. Geyser showed cops a text message in which she asked her mother to call the airport and tell them to take the dog to the local pound and she would get him when she gets back. That's not their responsibility, you dumbass. Yeah. In response, Geyser's mother warned her daughter that you will be arrested for dog abandonment, adding, you are not above the law. Exactly. Thank you, mother. Yeah, thank God her mother's got some brains. Evidently, it doesn't follow down the family tree. But No, it doesn't. No. Karen Johnson, Geyser's mother, told police she was concerned for her daughter's welfare due to recent unusual behaviors, referring to the abandoned animal as her grand doggy. Johnson said she first learned that the dog had been left behind when Geyser's ex-husband shared a news story a day after the pet was left behind. Geyser, who lives in, I believe it is, Catanning, a borough 35 miles outside of Pittsburgh. I have a picture of her if you want to see it. Uh, when cops examined Geyser's Facebook page, they found photos of her with the French Bulldog. The dog is doing well and is still being fostered, according to a statement today from the Allegheny County Police Department. According to online profiles, Geyser, who has been licensed as a registered nurse since 2001, specializes in caring for cardiac patients. No, thank you. Nope. <laughs> yep. Nope. I'll say that as a cardiac patient. She recently <laughs> started a heart business based specializing in trauma that combines non-traditional activities that you enjoy to create a calm environment. These activities include movement, pet therapy, and art therapy. Well, if you leave your goddamn dog at the airport, you don't have pet therapy. Yeah, that's not pet therapy at all. Here's a picture of guys right here. What a oh, punchable face. Yep. <laughs> it's clobbering time. <laughs> Just saying. If you can't if you can't take care of an animal, don't get an animal. Right. Like I said, we're going we're going to New Orleans next week. We've had all the animals set up for to be taken care of while we're gone for at least six months now. Yeah. Like right when we start making the plans, we're like, okay, call the doggy daycare, get the kitty all set up, get the doggies all set up, boom. Yeah. It's not hard. No, no, not at all. Doesn't doesn't take uh, it doesn't take moving mountains to get uh, to get those family members all set up. That's and it's not hard to do research too. If you think your dog, if you want to take your dog on vacation with you, to look it up and look at the airline. And all the airlines have their policies for animals. Because I've wanted to take Ziggy with me places. Yeah. Yep. So oh, I wonder what I can do. Ba 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 ba. Oh nope, can't take her. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, Bruiser, sometimes when you drink, you want an interesting way to get around. <laughs> you don't want to drive. I can get on the school bus, though, because I'm a teacher, right? <laughs> <laughs> this Indiana man uh, found an interesting way to get around. He went back to his childhood. Okay. And he was busted for a DUI while driving a Power Wheels Jeep. <laughs> Which is still technically a DUI. It is. It is. That's why he got popped. <laughs> How did he fit? I don't know. I, I, I tried I, to get my nephews one time, and I, because I, those things are tough. They won't break. <laughs> no, they won't. No. 
I, I, I kind of want to see the picture of him driving it. I do, too. Uh, <laughs> I want to see the dash cam footage of this. Yeah. <laughs> a man spotted driving a Power Wheels Jeep on an Indiana roadway was arrested for, God, for piloting the toy car while under the influence, according to police. 51-year-old John McKee. <laughs> the man is 51 years old. Hey, he's thinking outside the box. But, hey, listeners, again, I'm going to educate you. You can get arrested for DUI even if you're riding a horse. That's true. Yeah. Riding a bike, a horse, and now power wheels. <laughs> yes. Was pulled over in a, around 9 p.m. last Wednesday when an Indiana State Police trooper noticed him driving a blue power wheels without <laughs> lights or reflectors. Do they come with lights or reflectors? Some of them do. Do they? Okay. Yeah. They, they're high class now, huh? Uh, there are a few high, high models out there, but they're rare. Most of them don't have lights or reflectors. Uh, McKee was stopped near his home in, I believe it's Vicennes, uh, a central Indiana city near the border with Illinois. Since McKee appeared impaired, the trooper administered field sobriety tests, most of which McKee <laughs> reportedly failed. I'll show you his mugshot. He failed them. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, McKee, who agreed to a blood draw at a local hospital, told cops that he had pot and crystal meth in his system. <laughs> well, at least he was honest. This guy wants to party. Yeah. McKee was released from custody after posting a $5,000 bond on the felony rap. That, according to Knox County Sheriff's Office, his rap sheet includes numerous convictions for crimes like trespass, possession of drug paraphernalia, marijuana possession, and criminal mischief. As for McKee's ride, well, it can top out at five miles per hour <laughs> unless modified. I didn't know you could modify a power wheel. I didn't but, know you could modify them either. Well, hey. Troy's towing was contacted to take possession of the what? power wheels, according Come to the on. Cop could put it on top of his car and tie it down. He could have put it in his trunk. Yeah, you could put it in your trunk. You could put it in the back seat with the perp. You know what I mean? Don't. But the not, that's just charging this guy a towing fee now on top of the it. The trooper called a towing company to come <laughs> get a power wheels. Did they come with a power wheel tow truck? <laughs> Here comes Big Al. <laughs> yes, so you know how they have the big, they have the big like tow trucks to haul semis. Well, they have the power wheels tow truck. <laughs> I want to know if they came out with a chain or a flatbed. <laughs> I would have no. laughed my ass off if they put it on the flatbed. Who are those guys in parades that wear the funky fez hats and they ride around in those cars? Those are those are the Shriners. Maybe they called the Shriners. <laughs> the Shriners have a special tow truck for their cars. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be hysterical. I would laugh. <laughs> I would just laugh. Well, it sounds like uh, that trooper shot himself in the foot. Should we talk about somebody else who shot themselves in the foot? Oh, please. I love when people shoot themselves in the foot. We're going to Florida. Yes. We're a detective in Miami, was hospitalized following an accidental shooting <laughs> inside a tattoo shop. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's got all your combination flavors, kids. Yeah. A detective with the Miami-Dade Police Department was hospitalized last Tuesday night after suffering an accidental self-inflicted gunshot wound <laughs> in southwest Miami-Dade. It happened inside Inkaholic Tattoos and Piercings. In Kendall. Before we find out what he's doing, this is what I'm picturing in my head. Mm -hmm. He goes, all right, I need to get 
a lion right here in my chest. I want a lion's head. Okay. And the artist started doing it, and he went to grab the hand, you know, the the arms of the chair. First of all, for the change, change he to a she, but okay. Okay, it's a she. It's a she. Okay. Yeah. So she wanted to get a lion, a lioness right above her breast. <laughs> and she was grabbing onto that, the arm of the chair for mm-hmm. the pain. Mm-hmm. Well, she missed and she accidentally grabbed her gun and shot herself in the toe. <laughs> 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 well let's find out let's that's, see. that's where i'm going with it okay let's let's see how close you're according to detective alvaro zableda and mdpd spokesman the female detective was off duty you're close here when her gun accidentally discharged and struck her in the lower extremities uh, police say she was airlifted. Airlifted <laughs> to Jackson Memorial Hospital's Ryder Trauma Center in Miami, and is expected to be okay. Thank God. Yeah. Good uh, yeah. A local ten news crew was at the trauma center, <laughs> where the officer appeared to be alert and conscious as she was seen talking to first responders as they wheeled her in. It is unclear as to how the detective's gun was accidentally discharged, but police said the incident is under investigation. No other information has been released at this time. I think your scenario is accurate. I think she was getting a tattoo and she couldn't handle the pain, went to squeeze salt, accidentally grabbed the gun. I think that's what it is. I think you're right. I don't think there was any foul play involved. No, no. I don't think so either. My question is, did she get the tattoo finished? That's a good question. Because now you got more pain in your foot. That tattoo's going to be a breeze. That's right. I think you shoot yourself in the foot so you don't feel the tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This guy just go, hey, man, I, I charge no matter what. Like, you're paying full yeah, price. Yeah. <laughs> and she probably calls him up and says, can you finish it here in the hospital? It's they, sterile. They got good drugs here. so it, It's sterile. That's right. But you know what? The tattoo artist isn't going to finish it if you're under the influence. I've been under the influence of God in many tattoos. <laughs> well, was it knowingly or unknowingly? Unknowingly. Uh, knowingly? Really? Yeah. Huh. I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a tattoo artist in the family who won't do it if you're too heavy. I know many it. artists that won't do it. These are close friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Normally, no, they wouldn't, but yeah. they knew I was only in town for however long. There you go. Okay. Uh, let's move on. A man is arrested at Harry Reid International and is accused of trafficking over 15 pounds of cocaine. Folks, you know, when you're traveling, uh, especially in Bruiser, I'll tell you this. He travels quite often. I was traveling this past weekend. Uh, I managed to get some strawberry cheesecake fudge, some wonderful Mackinac fudge back with me. They'll tell you fudge looks like C4. Yes, <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. Be careful when you put it in your luggage. Um, there's other things that, you know, you put it in your luggage. Just be careful when you put it in there. By the way, TSA will rip your shit up if you put fudge in your luggage. Yes, they will. Um, just be careful what you put in your luggage. This is one of those things. Be careful when you put it in your luggage. If you're going to put 15 pounds of cocaine in your luggage, you're going to get caught. Yes. We go to Las Vegas. It will be x-rayed and tested. That's right. We go to Las Vegas where a man was arrested at Harry Reid International Airport after TSA officials say they found cocaine in his luggage. Yikes. That according to police documents. 
On August 20th, TSA at Harry Reid International Airport found six plastic wrap packages hidden within clothes and luggage belonging to Mark Washington, a man in his late 20s, according to that arrest report. The report stated that Mark Washington was on a plane bound for Cleveland. Boy, Cleveland will rock with that much cocaine, won't it? I was going to say, that's going to get all of Cleveland high. Yeah. Uh, just after 11 p.m., when an LV MPD officer arrested him and escorted him to a substation. According to the report, Washington said he was unaware of any illegal items inside the suitcase and that his friend packed his bag for him. Yeah, no, I'm not believing that. How many friends have you had pack your bags before you went on a, on a tour? Zero. Yeah, pretty much. I touch my own stuff, especially when I'm going to an airport, and I know my friend's sense of humor. <laughs> exactly yeah I, trust me i know my friend's sense of humor they will do enough to to make me get searched and questioned <laughs> but not enough to make me late for my flight that's right has mrs bruiser even packed one of your bags nope yeah will not allow it there you go i've been packing my bags since i could there you go after police conducted a field narcotics test, they said they confirmed the substance was approximately 15.6 pounds of cocaine. Jeez. That's you know they're going to weigh your bag there, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you throw it up on the scale, you, you know you're going to, you know. Yeah, they weigh everything because yeah. you need weights for the plane. Yeah. The report said that Washington, or that because Washington possessed over 1,000 grams of cocaine, he was arrested and charged with trafficking as well as an additional charge of transporting a controlled substance. Washington was booked into the Clark County Detention Center. He's set to appear in court, well, today at 9 a.m. Oh. Yeah. So hopefully he uh, he can explain which friend had that much <laughs> effing coke and wanted it in Cleveland. <laughs> exactly. Maybe uh, the Football Hall of Fame needed a, a boost. No, no, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's going there. Well, oh, oh, that's right. There's all those rock and rollers. Well, I figured he was going to drive to Canton. Uh, yeah, he could. Yeah. I think he's going to Cleveland. Well, he's going to Cleveland. And I, I figure he's going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he's going to go put that up in, you know, the Led Zeppelin display or something. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Motley Crue? Is Motley Crue in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, they're in the Hall of Fame. Put it yeah, up there. My, oh, Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. They could go through some <laughs> cocaine, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ozzy. Awesome. Yeah, look at that. I did see, for briefly, I didn't get to talk to him, but I saw him briefly. I saw Jack Osborne this weekend. Oh, really? He was there, huh? Yep. He was at Michigan nice. Paracon. Yep. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he got to see quite a few people this weekend. Nice. So, yeah. So, Jack was he's there. A, he's, a, he's on my bucket list of people to meet. Uh, I will get you there. Okay, thank you. I will I will hook you up with Jack Osborne. The two of you shall meet and have a good time. Thank you. Because I believe he's coming back next year. So but yeah, we'll get you we'll get you to meet Jack. So, All right. Yeah. Most definitely. In fact, I'm I'm trying to get him on the show. So when we get him on the show, I'll get you on. We'll we'll two of us will interview him. Yeah, because I remember when you had Katrina on, you're trying to get him. And the schedule didn't work out. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, but uh Nice guy. Nice guy. Very nice guy. And he, he was involved in uh, uh, Adam Berry does uh, the night that before we, or the night before we all leave, obviously Saturday night, last night of the conference. Uh, Adam Berry, who's going to be on the show uh, September in uh, early September uh, with his new book. That was my surprise. Big guest, by the way. <laughs> John Zaffis, by the way, this week. Nice. Gonna be on. John Zaffis talking about his new book. 
Um, yeah, we got we got some we got some heavy hitters and stuff. I was saying these are some bangers you're setting up. Yeah, so we've got uh, John Zaffis, then we've got Adam Barry uh, oh. next couple of weeks. Um, so the paranormal dream team right there. Yeah, we got John Zaffis, Adam Barry, MJ Dixon coming back with her new book. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good good month here on the show. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Adam Barry was doing a match game. He does a, like a paranormal celeb match game, and Jack, Jack Osborne was on that, uh, on that uh, panel. It was a good panel, nice. too. But, yeah, it was very funny. Adam Barry does a, a hilarious, hilarious uh, hosting job on match game. Nice. Very funny, very funny. So, yeah, so you, you miss a lot if you don't go to Michigan Paracon, folks. And by the way, I believe tickets are already on sale for next year, for the 14th year of Michigan Paracon. Um, and we'll put a link up for it. Um, I'm going to try and get Brad Blair and Tim Ellis on to give us a little bit of a post game uh, for that. If it doesn't happen this week, it'll happen next week. So we'll talk a little bit about Michigan Paracon and how you can uh, – get in on the world's largest paranormal convention it is uh, it is quite the time let's very uh cool. what's that very cool yeah very cool uh let's uh we've got three stories left dumb crime stupid criminals it's all food related oh good <laughs> that's that's how we're ending today's dumb crime stupid criminals because for me uh, i'm just about out of my lunch zone here um, we're going to start with two people who were stabbed during a caught on tape brawl at in and out burger involving fans from rival NFL teams. <laughs> I had to combine this somehow. Yeah. My love of fo- our love, I should say of football and our love of food bruiser, by the way, what are your thoughts of in and out burger before we start this? It's okay. It's just, I okay prefer what a burger over in and out. Really? Okay. Wow. We're going with yep. controversy here. You like what a burger over in and out? Yes. See, I would go opposite. I like In and Out over Whataburger. Yeah, I'm a Whataburger fan over In and Out. Really? Yep. Well, tell me why. Why? I think it's because I, I had Whataburger first. No, I didn't. I had In and Out first because I had it with the Briscoes the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I just the first time I had it, my burger wasn't that good. Okay. And I think I tried. They had tacos for a little bit. Like okay. the dollar tacos, and that was my mistake because I ordered the dollar tacos. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But Whataburger, oh, they got that honey chicken biscuit. Oh, so good. Okay, so it, it was it wasn't the tradition. Adam, Adam Page turned me on to that. Okay, the burgers too. I love their burgers. Their bur. See, to me, they're they're everybody raved about their burger, and I think it got overhyped with me. And I went in, I had their burger because we have relatives in Texas. So we went to Whataburger and it was so, they overhyped it so much. I had the burger and I went, oh, it's a burger. Yeah. Whereas in and out it got hyped to me, but not overhyped. And I went and I had it and I went, wow. This is just, yeah, see, I, this is just I'm something not, we don't not, have yeah. here. You know? Yeah. I was not, a, I, I like in and out I'll eat it, but I prefer Whataburger. Okay. Fair, fair. All right. Plus two, when you're on the road as much as I am, mm-hmm. Whataburger's hours are better than in and out hours. True. Very true. Very true. But I love going to either Vegas or California and having in and out burger. Um, Whataburger, I, I don't get to it as much. So maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm. You see, I've been to them all. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have all our little haunts. Yeah. When I'm on the road, you, you I can tell you southeast, southwest, west coast, you know, and right all on. these places. Right on. 
Uh, two people were stabbed during a wild brawl on Friday at California in and out Burger involving fans from two rival NFL teams. Why not just stab each other over the team? Well, they did. Um, <laughs> with some of the violent showdown caught on tape, the fight broke out at the fast food chain in Santa Clara with three men, including one wearing a San Francisco 49ers jersey, one with a Las Vegas Raiders jersey, pummeling a shirtless man on the floor, according to footage obtained by KTVU. Here's, here's my point. One's got a decent team. The other one's the other one's a crappy team. Why are you fighting? It was the Raiders and who? Raiders and 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 uh, San Francisco. Are you fighting over Garoppolo? Yeah. What are you fighting over? There's nothing to fight over. The Raiders. No, San are, Francisco is clearly the better team. Yeah, the Raiders have a shit team. Let's just face it. Yeah, but Raiders fans, you know, Raiders fans, man, they're yeah, they're they're yeah. nuts. Yeah, they're as crazy as their team. That's true. I mean, there's a rule named the Lyle Alcedo rule because of him playing for the Raiders, removing his teammate's helmet and pummeling him with it. Yeah, yeah. That's, you're, so, you're of course, right. their yeah. fans are going to be that way. Yeah, you're very right. Yeah. At one point during the shocking events, it appeared the man was not wearing a jersey, attacked the shirtless man with a sharp object as a nearby woman yelled at them to stop. Uh, at least 10 people threw down with two people injured with multiple stab wounds around 11, 15 PM, according to Santa Clara, Clara police. I love football. I love burgers. I don't love them that much. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm like well, you and I have discussions before we record anyways, about when it's football season and, yeah. and you have yeah. your teams, I have my teams and, right. and we have just discussions, yeah. you know, yeah. it's not that serious. Yeah. I'm not going to kill anybody over the Vikings. <laughs> They're not that serious. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love my Vikings, but I, I'm realistic. I don't I don't take my Vikings that seriously. Right. I just don't. Yeah. I'm not going to stab anybody. No, it's a sport. Yeah, I, I mean, not only that, but you know, I love the Vikings, but I know they're not going to make the Super Bowl. Okay? So <laughs> realistically from year to year. I actually brought this up on a Reddit thread yesterday. Yeah. I had had a, a notification come up that there are people who are shitting all over the Vikings already before the season. My whole thing is this, okay? I'm not going to shit all over the Vikings before the season because there's 16 games yet to be played. Yeah. Okay? So just relax. Let the season happen. But I'm realistic. You know, we don't have Joe Montana at quarterback. So right. we're not going to make the Super Bowl. I know that, but I know we always we joke because we went from the Green Bay Packers, which is probably the greatest dynasty in professional football. We moved here to North Carolina with the Panthers, and now the Panthers are a horrible team this year, last year, and this year. This year they might be good, but they, you know what I'm saying? Like they could be they entertaining. They are they are not on the levels like a Green Bay Packer fan, right? So like right. when we look up tickets, we're expecting like Lambeau Field. You can't get tickets. You can't. Yeah. Well, here you can get, you know what I mean? And there's no tail, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's like, I get it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we were spoiled, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But but see, with Carolina, you'll you'll have an entertaining team. You, you've yes. got a you got a young quarterback who's, who's yep. going to do some things. you got Adam Thielen who's going to put on a show for you this I year. I was excited when they got him, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got some things to look forward to. Yeah. And as far as being a Viking fan, you've got some things to look forward to. You know, so relax, enjoy the season. Don't stab anybody in an in and out over it. (laughs) 
Like you I'm know? a I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan too. Yeah. I am not going to stab a Cincinnati Bengals fan. <laughs> you no. Know? No. There's... And that's Mahomes' uh, Achilles' heel is the Bengals. <laughs> you know? Oh, I thought you, you meant stabbing people in an in and out. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> no, I mean that was Mahomes' Achilles' heel. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it's never that serious. There's nothing no. that serious about sports. It's just this. Uh, the two victims were taken to the hospital. It's unclear what condition they're in, unfortunately. The stabbing suspect remains on the lam, even though multiple people were detained in the fight's aftermath, according to police. <laughs> we uh, got everybody but the guy with the knife. <laughs> that's right, yes. Uh, other footage from the fight showed men in either 49ers or Raiders gear throwing haymakers while shocked re- restaurant workers and other patrons looked on. Blood could be seen on parts of the floor. And that wasn't from the burgers. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to clean that up now. Yeah. Uh, the brawl happened shortly after the 49ers' final game of the preseason against the Los Angeles Chargers. Levi Stadium, where the game took place, is about a couple of miles from the in and out Burger, according to KTVU. So they weren't even playing the Raiders. No. <laughs> it was just a Raiders fan. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders and 49ers played each other earlier this summer. Last week, 49ers fans again received national attention for violent behavior when a fan, or rather, when a fight broke out in the stands during San Francisco's preseason game against the Denver Broncos. Broncos fans aren't known for brawling. This, this worries me, Tim. Because this is only preseason, and the Niners, they're a really good team this year. <laughs> they are, but... What's going to happen if they go to the Super Bowl? I don't know. They're going to fight the entire league? I have no <laughs> idea. Because I, I can see a Kansas City-San Francisco Super Bowl. It could happen, sure. And if they win, <laughs> what's going to happen to that city? <laughs> Although, you know, you got Philly standing in their way again. You do, you do. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. You're absolutely right, 100%. And, and honestly, but I'm just, wait, this is preseason. So this is even the starters playing. <laughs> this guy's fighting for a job. Although, you know, and, and tip of the hat to our buddy, Blue Meanie, if it comes to a fight, an honest to God brawl in an in and out between San Francisco fans and Philly fans, oh, Philly, I got the Philly, Philly fans, fans are going to, they're going to mop the fucking floor with the San yeah, Francisco I've, fans. I've pissed off Philly fans. <laughs> My job was to be a heel in Philly. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. scary. <laughs> Philly fans are going to have a have a field day with San Francisco fans. So if they think they're tough in San Francisco, son, you better sit down. Yep, exactly. Yep, you better not even think about it. They've been they've been brawling since they came out of diapers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They, they're born brawling. That's right. So don't even think about it. Uh, the furthest thing from tough in this next story, ex-Hannah Montana actor Mitchell Musso was arrested. I believe that's how you say it. Was arrested after allegedly stealing a bag of chips. <laughs> Come on, man. I know that things are rough for the SAG people, but dude, <laughs> I'll buy a bag of chips. Right. Uh, former Hannah Montana actor, I believe it's Mitchell Musso. Uh, spent the. I wasn't a huge Hannah Montana guy, I'll tell you that. I, <laughs> I wasn't either. Yeah. My daughters uh, were, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, spent the night in a Texas jail after he was arrested on charges of public intoxication and theft after stealing a bag of chips on Saturday. Uh, Musso, who was on the hit Disney Channel show over a decade ago, walked into a local hotel and began eating a bag of chips he picked up without paying around 7.15 p.m. Jeez. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, when staff told Musso, who appeared intoxicated, to pay for the snack, he allegedly was verbally abusive. Of course he was. He was on Hannah Montana. 
<laughs> uh, and left without paying. Responding cops arrived at the hotel and found Musso outside where he showed signs of intoxication. He was arrested and charged with public intoxication and theft under a hundred dollars. After arresting Wait, these aren't these aren't complimentary. <laughs> no, these aren't these aren't gratis. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> there was free stuff to eat this morning. Sure, Miley Cyrus can do all this crap, but I can't. <laughs> After arresting Musso, the police also discovered he had several outstanding traffic warrants. Oh, he's yeah. not paying his bills. He's also an asshole in traffic, I've Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he spent the night... Or he spent one night in the Rockwell County Detention Center before he was released Sunday afternoon once he posted bail. Musso looked downtrodden with a towel over his chest in a mugshot released by authorities. I'll show you that mugshot in a moment here, Bruiser. I say a towel over his chest. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> I'm in jail. I'm going to vomit. Here come the chips. Um the former child actor was born in Garland, Texas, a Dallas suburb, and appeared in almost 90 Hannah Montana episodes. He also appeared in several other shows, including another Disney show, Pair of Kings. You may remember that masterpiece. Uh, let's see. I'm assuming it was about kings. It, <laughs> this was no king right here. Here's his towel over his chest. I don't even know who that guy is. No, I know. He... He is tiny. <laughs> He's Hannah Montana's version of Screech. He's only five foot seven. Yeah. The the oh, bag the bag of chips he stole was bigger than he is. I was gonna say. Yeah. He was not hard to bring in. No. They, they, ladies and gentlemen, they got him. <laughs> yeah. So our final story here, we go back to San Francisco, or actually we talk about San Francisco and we go back to California. This one is Dumb Bakery's Stupid Criminals. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't believe this story when I read it, so I had to put it as the last story. Okay. This is just incredibly stupid. A San Francisco bakery is refusing to sell to cops in uniform. What? Yeah. And here's why. why. You, well, okay. Bruiser, can you imagine a cop without a donut? I mean, it's no. a stereotype. Okay? It is. It is. But they eat them. They eat them. Yeah. A cop without a donut is like a light without, or is, is like a, a bulb without a light. It's like a, a moth without a flame. It's it's like a bird peanut, without a nest. Peanut butter without jelly. Peanut butter without jelly. It just goes together, right? Yeah. Donut, come here with a gun, says a popular <laughs> San Francisco bakery, and it's warning its police officers, right? Reams, California, is a local Arab street food restaurant and bakery chain, and it's announced that it's enforcing a policy not to serve anyone with a weapon. Oh, okay, I get that. Right. Okay. What if what if the cop leaves his weapon checked in in the car or something? Then I'm sure he can be served. Okay. But here's what it says: No cops allowed. That's the confirmed policy of the bakery chain Reams. The San Francisco Police Officers Association tweeted on August 24th. 
it included it, and I suppose the officer can't leave the weapon in the in the car because then they're unarmed. Right. Yeah. And they need their sidearm. Right. At all times. So if no weapons are allowed, does that mean my friend who's a third degree black belt can't go in there? It's a good question. Because he's his body's a weapon. Can Jean Claude Van Damme not go in there? Mm, I don't know. It included the tweet, a screenshot of an email, apparently from a Reams executive to the San Francisco Police Officers Association that said the company has a policy to not serve anyone that's armed in a uniform. Oh, armed and in a uniform. Okay. Yeah. The union had urged the... So the the Crips and the Bloods can go in there all they want. I guess. (laughs) The union had urged the bakery to post signage about its policy after it denied service to an officer in uniform. We are not asking Reams or any business with a bigoted policy to serve our officers, the association explained in a follow-up tweet. We're asking them to own their discriminatory policy and put up a sign so we know not to spend money in your establishment on or off duty. The Mission Bakery opened shortly before the pandemic hit the Bay Area and has become a popular attraction. It was founded by Reem Asil, who describes himself or herself rather online as a chef working at the intersection of food community and social justice. In a state oh, God. In a statement to the San Francisco Gate, Reems said it has a deep commitment to uplifting social and racial justice in our communities. Now, I don't put anybody down for that. No, you can do that. Right. That's that's fantastic. It's how you go about doing it. Right. Now there should be racial and social justice everywhere. Exactly. Everyone should be created treated equally and all that. Right. But what she's doing is just the opposite of what she's trying to preach. Because that is a social injustice. That's right. It says here this includes and this is this is directly from from Ms. Aseel. This includes fostering an environment of safety for our staff and customers. In a time of increased gun violence, particularly impacting people of color, youth, and queer people, we believe that maintaining a strict policy of prohibiting guns in our restaurant keeps us safer. See, I, I don't like that statement. And here's why. Guns affect all people. By saying it's affecting just that group, you're taken away from the Indian child or white child that was shot. You know what I mean? Right. Say guns are affecting uh, people because they are. It doesn't matter what religion you are, what race you are, what your sexual um, orientation is. Guns hurt people. Right. That's what they're doing right now. All people. You you put guns in the wrong hand, they're hurting people. Mm -hmm. It's sad that the media only report oh, this was done because it was a racial attack. Oh, this was done because it was a gay club. There's still people of all ages, all races, all classifications dying. And that's the thing that bugs me when you say this, when I hear social justice warrior, because they discriminate against certain things. If you're a social justice warrior, you want everybody, everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. To have justice. Right. You're, you, you should don't be fighting for everybody. anybody. Right. And you should, I mean, if you're, if you're fighting for equality, you should be fighting for equality for everyone. 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's being lost now because so many people want to have a cause, which is good. You can have a cause. That's awesome. But look at your cause and look at your mission statement. Like she just said, your mission statement is now excluding a big chunk of the human race. My, my hope would be, and I know it's not, trust me, grew up with a black stepfather. And I, there was an incident, I'm not going to say what police department in Minnesota, where he came home one day so angry with tears in his eyes. And he said, I got out of New York with the idea that I would never be harassed again. And it happened again. Yep. And he told me the incident. I'm not going to say it on air. But it made me mad enough to want to go in and start shit. I get that, you know, you you hear it way too much, the few bad apples. Yeah, there are in every police department. But there are also very good police out there that serve their communities, that care about the community, that care about the people in the community that want to help, that care about justice. And to say that I I don't want the police to come into my store, I don't want them to have weapons, I don't want them to, is just asinine. Yeah, because here's what's going to happen, and and this is a sad fact. She's going to get robbed. Yes. And they're not going to come help her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she's going to blame them, which, yes, it will be their fault because their job is to serve and protect all people no matter what. But because she's being biased like this, you know, and again, that's where it comes down to. I'm, I believe in causes. You guys, everybody can have a cause, but you have to look at your mission statement. If you want equality for everybody, that includes everyone. You don't need to label. You just I want equality for humans. Yeah, because we're all humans do we all have to get along on this planet no do we have to like each other no i'm sorry do we have to like each other no do we have to get along yeah because yeah. guess what we have to share this planet yeah we have to yeah there's nowhere else to go yep. and when it comes to law enforcement like you said there's a lot of good ones in the bad apples they get they get the most media coverage because it's a it's good media, and we tune in because we want to see the bad stuff. But that doesn't mean that when a police officer shows up to wherever you're at to ignore their commands and automatically assume they're going to do the worst to you because you don't know that police officer. Right. It's just like when you see a black man walk into a bank. You don't automatically assume he's there to do something horrible there. That's right. Or you see a Hispanic man walk into a gas station. Right. You don't automatically assume, you know, or you see a white male walking with a female. You don't automatically assume the worst. That's and that's what's sad that that's what's come down to yeah. in this country. That we're always assuming the worst, never the best. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to, I'm not saying not be on guard. Be on guard, that's fine. But if you see something, no, if you see somebody, like I've been at an airport in a, it was Silas and I were traveling to a city and Silas had to go to the bathroom. So he says, backpack down. He says, do you mind watching my backpack? I said, no problem. 
you know, so he went to the bathroom. I turned my back to his backpack, so we were both laying on the floor. Next thing you know, a TSA comes over and goes, what's with this backpack? What is going on here? And so it's my friend's backpack. He went to the bathroom. He's like, well, we need to search it. I said, well, I can't give you permission to search it. It's not my backpack, you know. He comes back, you know, we need to search this. We got a report of a mysterious backpack. Well, and he got upset with them. And I told him, I said, just let them do your job, do their job. You know, they got a report. But to me, it bugged me because whoever reported that had to have seen him talk to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. why would you go and report a guy going to the bathroom? You know, yeah. I can understand if he was by himself. Right. And he walked away. But I was sitting there with him. Mm-hmm. So it came down to, I was trying to tell him. Let them do their job. But on the flip side, people, you don't have to freak out over every single look at the situation and yeah. then assess it. Right. 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 There's there's a rationale there. And I want to say this is just gut feeling. Eight times out of ten, the rationale is justified. You know, I, th- there's there, and and you may say, well, Tim, that's a little, maybe that's a little too much, depending on your perspective and where you are. Um, and I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Let me continue with the story here. Um, Ms. Seal also says, all too often, black and brown people and poor people are the victims of this violence. The statement continued. At Reams, we aim to provide a space where people can eat delicious Arab food food, and work together to strengthen our community without fear of violence or harassment. We invite our community to step up and join us in creating that culture of care and resilience. It also goes on here. But, okay, so there is a little bit of an upside here. Yes. Okay. Uh, the eatery told Mission Local it will still welcome officers when they are not on duty. This policy is for armed officers, they said, and we let police officers know that we welcome them back to our establishment when they're off-duty and unarmed. Uh, with the announcement, Reams has become just the latest San Francisco restaurant to deny service to police officers. In 2021, the owners of All Day Brunch Restaurant, uh, Hilda and Jesse, apologized amid backlash after three uniformed officers were asked to leave, and earlier this year, a cashier at Pizza Squared was fired after he told police officers they were not welcome at the business. Now, what happens if someone has a conceal and carry permit? Do they search everyone that comes in? Is there a metal detector at the front door? Like, I'm curious, you know. I don't know that they have. Do they have those in California? I don't know. But what if you get some young kid that has a pistol and he has it in his waistband and he's just carrying it to carry it for some reason? I don't know. And he walks in. How do you know he has that? He's not in uniform. Or what about the guy that comes in with a pocket knife? Pocket knife's a weapon. Sure. Sure. I don't know. Those are good questions. Those are very good questions. But th- that's... I, I get what her statement is. I get what... I, and I commend her. Yeah, cool. You're doing... Yes, that's awesome. But you're also, you know, targeting... You're marginalizing it. Was what it yeah. is. You're, you're, it looks like a direct attack on police. It, it looks like a direct attack on police but at the same time it it looks not just like an attack it looks discriminatory against police yes in a time where we've got this open wound we've had this open wound for 30 years think about it 30 years is a long time to have an open wound between the police and not just my minority groups. Let's call it what it is. 
Mm-hmm. And it's about time that we start to mend those fences. It's about yeah. time we, we kick out the bad apples in the police department. It's about time we, we get on with just being human beings and stop labeling ourselves and start getting down to the business of just living and, and living with each other. Cause it's getting ridiculous. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we don't have to like one another. We just have to get along. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, uh, let's wrap up today's dumb crime, stupid criminals tomorrow on the program, supernatural news. And again, on Thursday, John Zaffis. Yes. Very yeah. excited for that. Now. Yeah. Got a good week this week. And uh, I want to thank you guys again for sending in stories. We appreciate we appreciate all the good feedback, uh, all the stories you guys are sending in for Dumb Crime, Stupid Criminals, and, of course, for Supernatural News. Uh, if you have a story for us, you can send it to Tim at DarknessRadio.com. If you have a parish share story, if you've had an experience, uh, maybe you've seen a ghost, maybe you've had a UFO experience. By the way, we have a UFO experience here this week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you can send it in to Tim at darknessradio.com. We also have a feedback section on uh, our website as well, darknessradioshow.com. Lots of goodies for you over there. By the way, Bruiser, I have one last note for people here. Stitcher is going away on the 31st. Yep, I heard that. If you are listening on Stitcher, the easiest thing for you to do is to transfer over to Pandora. Uh, I will put up a little thing, a little blog on our website, darknessradioshow.com. I'll do that today. Uh, so as you're listening to this, you will see a blog on our website that will explain how to transfer, how, what to do to get yourself over to Pandora and to listen to our show on Pandora. If you haven't transferred over from Stitcher already, we've been warning you about this for a good month now, but the transfer is happening here or they're, they're getting Stitcher out of here in just a few days you need to be ready for that if you're listening on stitcher it's going away no longer going to be there Uh, you need to have a new way to listen to the podcast if you're listening on stitcher that's going to happen here in two days so be prepared for that that'll do it for the show for today thank you so much for listening darkness radio tomorrow supernatural news for beer city bruiser i'm tim dennis thank you so much for listening to the best in true crime podcasting this is true crime tuesday